talking about all things love and all things monsters. Uh, yeah, that works. I'm Brandon T. McClure. This is the 228th podcast. With me, as always, is Ben Magnet. Yo. Sparks Witty. Hey, hey. And Ryan Eliopoulos. Ho, ho. We are here back again doing another live quarantine cast uh, episode. That joke wore out months ago, but I, I still like we it. We are almost fully a year into the pandemic by now, Brandon. <laughs> you guys, if you had told me that we would be doing this a year after we started it, I would have told you that you were crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that were true. Unfortunately, yeah. But we're still here, so uh, uh, this is just our lives now. How are you guys doing? I mean, besides that, I mean, I'm doing pretty all right. Yeah. I, I, I gotta tell you, I had a good week. I, I, I hear you. Um, real quickly, before we get into our weeks, we do have links in the description below. Uh, one we'll talk about in the news, so I'll tell you then. I'll tell you then. Um, we also have Ryan's downright annoyed Robin Hood. We did. Talked about. Uh, I was about to say Dennis Quaid because we talked about Dennis Quaid on the podcast. Uh, Kevin Costner's 1991 Robin Hood. Did I like it? Spoilers, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, check it out guys it's, it's a really fun we had a lot of fun talking about it. did anybody and, like it yeah i mean i had positive thoughts too but i think it's overall good yeah better than yeah. the russell crow didn't see it don't plan to mm. um, on robin hood even more <laughs> watch robin hood men in tights is the better movie yeah That's just the only, one I, the only one i ever the I, only and besides a disney one of the only dramatic version of robin hood i've seen that i liked was the bbc series uh, I've heard good things about that, but that's see, that's a TV show. That's so much investment. I just don't got enough time for the yeah. hood. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, you watched Arrow. It's <laughs> probably no, the same. Listen, superheroes. I play games. I'm also pretty in sure, genres I don't like for superheroes. I'm also pretty sure I use the word sincere in my description. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Um, and then we also have one more. It's WandaVision. Right. We didn't do this this past episode's, uh, episode of WandaVision because uh, I was sick. That was my fault. Um, or my bad. I don't know. Not your bad. No, no, because we were we we were probably not going to do it anyway because I wasn't going to come home for it. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we we, ha- we do have a WandaVision episode in the links below. Uh, and we have a Luna. Luna's birthday is today. It's the dog's birthday, so if she's going to squeak. So she's, she's got squeak. the toy. Sorry, guys. She- She's got a squeaky toy. Uh, so I apologize to the audio listeners specifically, who's probably very annoyed right now. It's out of love. It's a love thing. Um, and then the the of course the one division. I think it's episode uh, five is in the description below. Uh, so check that out if you hadn't. Our one division episodes are doing very well. Good. That show's fun. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. All yeah. right. So who wants to go first of their week? Here's my Godzuki oh. shirt, by the way. Godzuki. Hell yeah. Luna, do you want to go first? You beautiful bird. <laughs> Um, I'll go first. Um, so uh, I didn't do that much again. I'm gonna be like I said last 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 week. Uh, the next couple weeks, it's just gonna be me and hold working. on, Ryan. I'm sorry to do this when on the live stream. Yeah, Ben, your company I is know, now interfering with his audio. I know. One second. <laughs> okay, Ryan, go ahead. No, it's cool. Um, I've just been listening to and watching a lot of Critical Role still. I'm still in the works of making my my own tabletop RPG that's um, mecha and kaiju inspired. Uh, so it's just a lot of me just with like a notepad, half pay attention, mostly paying attention to that and not doing enough writing, and then doing a mass burst of writing as I tend to do. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, I didn't do really any gaming. Uh, he was out of town, but I did start today because uh, I've been just been uh, in an RPG mood forever. 
uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the original 2003 game from Bioware. Because, guys, I just really want to play Mass Effect so effing bad. And I can't, because now that the game's coming out, the legendary one, I can't play I can't play the old one. Because I know that new one's coming that'd just out. Be, that'd just be silly. It'd just be silly. Like, if if I my Christmas wish didn't come true, I'd be replaying that original game. But I got mm. that sweet new one coming out soon, so I gotta wait. So I decided to go way back in the past. And I'm like, oh, wow, they've been really making the same games and just making them better and better for, like, better part of 20 years. And it's really cool to see this a company... Um, find what they're good at uh and just thrive on it for years and years because it's the same great like um like charisma checks and persuasion checks it's, it's all based on dnd the thing i forgot about knights of the old republic it's based on the dnd engine so you're picking your charisma and your dexterity and i'm like i played this game when i was like 11 didn't know any of that shit but now that i'm an adult and i'm into dnd and i'm like oh my god this game is so much better than i remember because it's just dnd with star wars um, like, I don't know if it's using like the official Star Wars engine, but it's like straight up just like D&D stats. And like every time you attack, it shows you like basically like the dice rolls and if you miss and stuff. And I'm like, this is a tactical Star Wars game. It's so good. Um, also, the story is really great. And the voice acting is really great. And um, in a time back then, like in the early 2000s, when voice acting wasn't the best, like it's really a really sharp script and it's really great voice acting. Um, and it's just fun to play that again on uh, the old Xbox mini booted up because uh, I bought it on the Xbox store. And it's like really fun and nostalgic to do that. So um, that's that was fun. I played about three hours of that today, uh, and then I get downright annoyed. Uh, so that's me. Critical role, role playing for life, baby. Hit me up, role playing all day, every day. Nice, better sparks. Um, I can go because I hardly did anything. Uh, I went back to work this week, and I just, wait, wait, wait. Oh. I just want to take one quick moment. Right now, doesn't he look like a young David Lynch? I could see it. Yes. Yeah. It's the hair hair he's got going on right now. Mm -hmm. It's good. You got the good hair. Mm -hmm. Yes. You. Thanks. I guess you look like, you look like young David Lynch. You got, you got the right framing. Yeah. Got the right amount of facial hair. The hair's now you just need like seven cigarettes in your mouth and say something really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try it. No, no, I'm not going to try it. So yeah, I went back to work. So I wasn't able to do a whole, I wasn't able to do a whole lot because you know, I'm back at work and now my sleep schedule is all messed up. However, I did get to do a few things that I'm really proud of. One of them being I actually got a brand new article on Old School Gamer up on OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. That went up this week. Oh, I'm so sorry, Ben. I forgot to put that in the description. I was about to say, because normally you're really you're on that. Well, I mean, I put it up on Monday, so I don't blame you for forgetting. It was way okay. early in the week. Audio listeners, it is in the link below. If you're watching this on the replay, it's in the link below. Live streamers, sorry. Which Listen. Mag is the only live streamer right now. <laughs> well, yeah, because I remember because remember last week I was saying how the website was having a lot of problems that I wasn't able to load it. Well, they got fixed and it works perfectly now. So woohoo. Nice. Um, besides that, I cop on some of my comics. I um now I'm head deep in Marnius Calgar. I got to issue three and god damn it, it's it's getting me. I won't, I, I tried to go to the store today, but the store was closed. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon when I got there and they were supposed to close at five, but they were closed already. I'm like, what the heck, guys? Oh, weird. So, yeah, I'm actually know. really glad to know that because I almost left early just to try to go to the store and I decided <laughs> that's stupid. Don't do that. Yeah. And it was uh, it was around three, no, like 2.30 when I got there. Right. Or it was like three o'clock when I got there. And I was like, well, the sun's going to five. They be sneaky sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just, so I just figured, screw, I'll just go Wednesday before I go to work. I'll just tell him, like, hey, put Marnie S. Calgar on my pole because that book's awesome. Uh, I also read the first two issues of Batman Catwoman. I'm really enjoying that. Cool, cool, cool. Probably gonna tell him to put that on my pull list as well. Uh, what else did I read? So, I, yeah, I read a few of my comic books, not all of them, but a few of them. 
And oh yeah, Fanny and I watched Annabellum this week too. That was a weird movie. Oh yeah. the yeah, I, we were going to review that a little while back. We were, but we never we never did because so, so Fanny saw it on Hulu and she's like, "Hey, let's watch it." I'm like, "Is that that horror movie?" So we watch it and it's not it's very it's it's a light horror movie i mean there's horror movie elements but it's not really a like spooky horror movie and the twist is essentially like well, don't tell us the twist uh because i just remembered what, what why we didn't review it because we all heard it was bad <laughs> it's I, I know i know what the the thing is because i read yeah. it extensively and i'm like oh I did, after i told that's you about like, it yeah that's like 60 percent less cool than yeah i, I watched was. i watched yeah. a video review because i i heard it was bad and then i saw i saw it i'm like i'm glad i didn't watch that movie. <laughs> after the stream after the stream tell me but not i don't just in case the audience wants to yeah, yeah. i mean i didn't think it was that bad i thought it was all right yeah um was... there's a lot there's a lot of uh black critics who have picked apart like why this wasn't well handled even oh, though they okay. really like the main character and the main actor performance mm-hmm. a lot of the surrounding stuff is problematic okay. uh, off stream ben i'll share you an article about it okay yeah so annabelle was was pretty much the big movie i watched um of course i watched wandavision i actually watched that thursday night when i came home i didn't wait till friday because i didn't want to go on twitter the next day and be like spoilers so mm-hmm. like, we'll talk about that soon and the other big thing is I just played a tiny little bit of Fortnite, just trying to get the best car armor for my Mandalorian avatar. Hey, baby. I was playing solos, and I, I got a few solo quests done, but at the same time, I actually, in the first time in my life, I got a solo victory royale. Because you're, you're, so you're a pro. I'm so proud. Pro By the way, thanks for the shout-out. Wait, what? On your, on your article, you shouted me oh, out. Oh, yeah, I did. Wait, which one? Yeah, I should I read the yeah. articles about about Fortnite because I I gave you the dose that I gave you the little taste. The dose that yeah. gave you the drug. Yep, yep. Are you right? Yeah. Oh, oh, hey, you did read it. Thanks, buddy. I did. But yeah, yeah. I told yeah because um yeah my article is about um how multiplayer is 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 dead. We're still in a golden age multiplayer because you know well uh yeah that's pretty much all I did. That's pretty much all I did. It was just a tiny little bit of video games, a tiny little bit of reading. Uh, I wrote my thing and I was just getting my ass kicked at work because I went back to work and I wish I wasn't. I feel you, but I mean, when, I mean, I know there are a lot of people in this country that are like, "Oh man, I wish I could go back," but I really got, I really enjoyed staying home, still getting paid for it. But oh well, say lovey. Yeah, gotta go back. Works. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll go. Um, let's see. Oops. Hit it, uh, Gilmore Girls. There was a lot of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> uh, the, the circumstances of my week provided for there to be just there was there was a lot of time for Gilmore Girls. Um, Have you met Jason yet? Yes, Jason. Derulo. Yeah, I like Jason. Uh, I like Jason sometimes. Sure. Uh, there was one in particular incident where it's right after Lorelai gets like chewed out by her grandmother, uh-huh. and Jason's at that dinner, and then Jason doesn't check in with her after or later or at all and she yeah. ends up crying in luke's arms which i'm like yeah great because luke's great but i was like wow yeah. jason, jason really dropped the ball there yeah um uh anyway we watched another episode of haunting a blind manor we are oh, snail we pacing our way through that show i know what a week right <laughs> <laughs> um, that was 
Monday. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have been, we, we watched another episode of Haunting the Blind Matter. Actually, maybe that was Tuesday. When uh, did you leave? Wednesday? I left, I left Wednesday morning. Okay. Early Wednesday it's morning. probably Tuesday. Yeah. Um, that show's cool. Uh, I really like that episode. That episode was, was funky. Um, I watched uh, Jujutsu Kaisen with the anime group that continues to be um, actually we watched, we watched two episodes and uh, I really, I'm not, I am not uh, the, I, I am more or less alone on this, but I really like the arc of these last two episodes emotionally. I thought that they, they hit really well. Um, they are very standard shonen kind of things, but sometimes when a thing is good, you just, you, you don't mind it getting hit again. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's like a note of that. And I, I, it worked for me in this, uh, I, the way it came together. I thought it was really, really strong. Um, for one of my classes uh, that I'm doing at school, I had to watch the Death of Superman Lives documentary. Oh, what happened? Uh, that documentary is wild. Yeah. And, that, and oh, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. But I imagine all of you did. I um, yeah. liked Brandon and I watched it together. Nice. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I had never actually, it it always been on my list to do, but I hadn't done it. So I finally done it um yeah i'm mad that movie doesn't exist like the giant spider story kills me when it, just oh my like, god when you when you look at wild wild west yeah yes you see that and you're like that producer clearly like is the reason that project died yeah because he just left it spinning its wheels in stupid directions. i just think of like when Nick kevin smith calls him out and he's like uh yeah he said no suit no flying and the producer's like i never said that why would i say that that's yeah. superman ridiculous um, like if, seeing that suit like like in live action and like real and like it's like glowy and nick cage's interpretation of superman and like so goofy and he like he loves mickey mouse and yeah. i'm like i mean it could, it could work i guess yeah i mean he like i'm sure whatever let me tell you it might not it might not have been a good movie but it would have been a wild movie that we'd still be talking you, about you would have kept talking about it mm -hmm. i yeah. mean like like I don't call Batman and Robin a good movie, but I don't stop talking about it. Yeah, either. that movie's, <laughs> like, that movie's infamous. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather a bold, crazy, weird thing like that. Like I know. I'm like, there's nothing like the comics, but it is crazy mm -hmm. and, and intriguing. Um, uh, just due to the circumstances of my downtime, I watched in in a very passive way monsters inc monsters university and ratatouille all fantastic pixar films it was fun to just like revisit them those are great movies uh, i'll get into why that downtime exists in a second um i read a lot of little char in the gang because i'm getting ready for our next book club thing um yo i'm so glad we kept going because literally like the next arc fully like turned the corner like the writing's getting sharper and things and i'm like oh man so glad we kept with that stay tuned for that Hey, I finished three Jokers finally. Oh, you did? That, yeah. Uh, I talked to both Ben and Brandon individually about it. Uh, I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I, that, that, that was a fun text message again because I was at work and I go on my break and I get a text from Sparks and he's like, "Hey, I finished three Jokers." I'm like, "Oh shit, I did read that. I totally forgot about I, that." I legitimately, when when he texted me, I was like, "You hadn't already?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hadn't finished it. I finally finished it, and the core. Like the very, very heart of the thing in that story, I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh -huh. I'm into that. Uh -huh. But it's done so sloppily, and the extenuating parts are like interest, like they they could be interesting, but they're never gonna go anywhere because the at the end of the story literally tells you this will go nowhere. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's that's just 
All right. Wait for the fourth. Generation. And I don't think um. I don't think the implications of the existence of the three Jokers is any good by the end of the story. Like why that is a thing, what that means, any of it. I, I simply, well, not simply, um, they wanted to kill a Joker for shock value because how crazy would it be if somebody killed the Joker? Well, and they had to come up with a, a dumb answer to the interesting question of why is there more than one Joker that they left an Easter egg about a long time ago. Should have just left it an Easter egg. You're, you're right. You're <laughs> or, right. or honestly, just do what other comic book writers do and let someone else tackle it in their own way. Like as every, like as every comic book artist does with a new arc or something, you know? Yeah. You know, Grant Morrison had this idea when he was writing Batman that I love and, and, and Scott Snyder kind of meddled with it, but he didn't really dive into it. Death metal? No, no, no. It, well, med, meddled. M-E-D. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Um, and he, uh, because Scott Snyder uh, was constrained by the New 52 in the beginning, uh, but Grant Morrison had this idea that every single incarnation of the Batman was one person. Um, Bruce, from, he and he, to- he called like the 60s and 70s like an acid trip. Um, there's even an a, a issue where Dick Grayson is talking to Tim Drake and he's like, one time Batman had a dream that I died. And that's an issue from the 60s. Yeah. Um, and so Grant Morrison just had this idea and I always kind of figured that that's what Jeff Johns was alluding to that if Batman had been this one person in his, throughout his 50 year timeline, then there had just been multiple jokers to personify that those timelines, but they never did any, they never, they didn't go that way. And I am disappointed. Yeah. yeah I didn't, I, I think that like conceptually that might've been the foundation yeah. but the mm-hmm. execution is, is bad. I, Quick spoiler, like you don't want to hear it. Jump ahead a couple minutes. Um, a quick spoiler, because I do want to talk about it. I do think the idea of the Joker saying, I made Joe Chill get removed because now I can be your greatest pain. I removed your worst pain in your life so it can be me uh-huh. is a good concept. Sure. Yeah. Like the Joker saying, I know that this is the thing that bothers you the most. I'm going to give you closure so that it can be me now. That is so perfectly in line with the core of the Joker in the comics of like, I must be the, the sole thing in your world that drives that. And I'm like, that idea, good. Everything around that idea, not so good. (laughs) Um, uh, I think I came into that book really enjoying the idea of exploring some of these things about Jason Todd. I think more than anything, just an exploration of, what what got me is I, I revisited issue two to read issue three because it had been too long. The part where uh, Barbara said, we all wanted to be there, but we didn't know you were alive. Mm-hmm. And Jason said, no one's ever said that to me before. And the pain of that, that, that like Bruce has never said it to him mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. The My hope was that the third issue was going to give some kind of Bruce Jason moment regarding that. That never comes. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think bothers me the most about is that you decided to dredge up the trauma both those characters have suffered because of Bruce. And you didn't actually do anything with it engaging with Bruce. And that I'm like, why they even need to be part of the story then? Uh, I, I don't think he's, at least to my knowledge, he hasn't written Jason Todd a lot. So I think it was one excuse so he had, like he can write that character. To, like, sure. He's writing a Bat Family story. Yeah. Um. But that's what I mean. It's like yeah. I'm like this is a this is an interesting thing to explore, but you're not going to do it. And yeah. and not only that, you're going to make it. You're going to leave the character in a place where he's going to pretend 
They literally say, I'm pretending the events of the past few days never happened. And I'm like, that's so dumb. <laughs> that is insane. Anyway, I want to get off that, uh, unless anyone else has anything to say about it. Um, I mean, the, the only other thing I have, I told you what my biggest problem with, or one of my biggest problems with Three Jokers was, but that's a spoiler at the very end of the book, and I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it yet. Ultimate joke. Uh, yeah. Um, I started, uh, I'm starting, like, I haven't read... I haven't kept up on my comics since uh, we finished Ten of Swords, so I've been behind I on my X-Men. I am a month behind. I picked up my pull, and I had, like, like I had too many books. It was crazy. So I'm picking back up on my X-Men, so I read a few X-Men's. This is, like, Hellions 9, X-Factor 5, whatever. Um, I, I read a couple of those, and that happened. Um, I'm also building my way back, because I want to just, like, read through everything related to it and then build back into Keeping Black. So... Uh, I read Silver Surfer Black again. Nice. Uh, if you haven't read it, Silver Surfer Black is great. This was my second time through. I love that book. Yeah. I love that book. That book rules. That book is probably going to be a book club soon. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, that was pretty much everything I did because I had a lot of downtime, as I suggested, because Tuesday night at 2 I had a baby. Tuesday night at 2 a.m., <laughs> uh, my brother and his wife, uh, they had to go to the hospital because she was giving birth to her son and Megan and I agreed to quarantine for the past couple of weeks so that we could go there. We could take care of their animals, take care of the house. We were there uh, starting Wednesday morning and they got home yesterday um, with their son. And uh, anyone who's listening to this episode gets a special treat because they named him Monroe Sam Johnson uh, and they named him after me, which touched me a lot because his middle name is after my name. Um, Spoilers. Uh, and that that was really nice. And he's really cute. He's really cute. Um, angel, perfect little angel. I love him. I love him. Looks just like his dad. So much like his dad. It's ridiculous. Uh, I need to dig up some baby pictures of his dad because they look the same. Um, <laughs> He's a healthy, happy baby. You just need to put a little controller in his hands immediately. Uh, yeah. So, so we were there for the past few days, and it's been it's been great. We were really excited. I'm really glad we got to spend that time with them. But I'm really happy for my little my little nephew. Uh, so that was a good week. It was a good week because he was born. From our show and the listeners to Travis and Marissa, congratulations on your yeah. healthy boy. Plus yeah. one to life, baby. Look at that. My little my little nephew. <laughs> Nephew. Okay, I guess it's my turn. B Town. This week I was incredibly sick, like yeah. so sick. On on Tuesday, uh, my chest hurt, so I couldn't inhale. Uh, I couldn't move. I couldn't. Let me tell you, when you're in a pandemic, whose major like like uh, symptom is 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 is, is like breathing issues, mm-hmm. and you have breathing issues, you're in a panic. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so, and, and like, I had a, a headache, I had a cough. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I, it was bad. You guys. I, so I didn't do a whole lot except for watch a couple movies later on in the week. Wasn't COVID according to the test. It didn't have a temperature, even though I was sweating and shaking at the same time. Um, which is wild whenever you're sick and you're just like, I'm not hot, but I'm sweating and I'm not cold, but I'm shivering. Oh my God. This is definitely from Dewey Cox. You need more blankets and less blankets. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, and then, so on Tuesday, I was really sick. By Wednesday, I started to feel better. We got a lot of medicine in me. Uh, I got a call from my boss saying, hey, we have to lay you off. 
Yeah. So I had the worst week ever. Yeah. Um, that was pretty, that was pretty shitty. Like, I understand. I have no hard feelings for this. They're not getting the work. They don't need me. Uh, it just sucks that I'm, you know, actually unemployed now and not just like kind of traipsing through life. Yeah. Well, now I feel like an asshole for bitching about going back to work. I'm sorry, dude. It's okay. No, I don't, I don't mind. We know you, we all know you hate your job. Truth, Truth be told, I hate my job too. I just liked having the job security during a pandemic. Yeah. So... You know, there, there's that. Hey, I'm in the market for a new job, guys. Anyone need a writer? Um, look, so anyway, so uh, that's that. But I did have one really good week, really good day this week, and I and I, and, and she'll kill me if I don't say this. I celebrated my five year anniversary uh, with my girlfriend Zara. Woo! Uh, on Thursday, uh, we we've been together for five years. Um, uh, and February February is awful because it's like it's it's our anniversary, it's Valentine's Day, and then it's her birthday. Um, hey, at least you're gonna getting it all knocked out in one bing bang bong. Look at that. That's true. Uh, if I had the money to get our gifts, that'd be great too. Yeah. Or Love you just get like one big. Th- or because this is what my parents would do all the time when I was young. I'm not into can, that shit. I don't do that. Oh, that one big thing is like this is your this and this like birthday and Christmas. Um, but she she being the wonderful girl she is, she got me um, some lounge pants that I'm wearing right now, and I won't show you because that's rude. Um, and then uh, two little keychains uh i can't get i can't get them to a point where you'll watch them but they have the um they have the faces of my two favorite you have four pets my two favorite pets oreo and valentina no nice um so i'm i'm very very happy so you know yay lovey dovey shit and then we have um okay we talked a bit about tim burton superman uh that's very interesting because i uh watched maggie may fish's video on tim burton this week nice um i thought that was an incredible analysis if you've seen her Zack Snyder three-parter you know just hey she's great she does great videos i highly recommend especially if you like me have had issues with tim burton and haven't been able to voice them and really kind of feel like you're crazy for them because everyone talks about how great tim burton is and i i like tim burton but i've never been like oh tim burton you know, like like you see a lot of people are. I don't really care for Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare Before Christmas. Beetlejuice. Um, really, the only movie that I love of his is Mars Attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a great movie. Big Fish. Oh, yeah. Big Fish is a very good movie. I always forget that's Tim Burton. It doesn't quite feel like a Tim Burton. It's it's the least Tim Burton-y Tim Burton film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Big and, Fish is great. And, of course, Batman. Uh, I see. I mentioned before, and you always forget. I'm not. A, I'm not crazy about his Batman movies. All right. Um, right. You always forget. So, and like, look, I like him, uh, uh, but you know. So watching this video, she really much like the Zack Snyder one. She really like contextualizes the issues that I had with it, and was able to voice them in a way that 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 made sense to me to finally like understand what I've been feeling, um, and being able to voice them uh, in general. Um, which is what she did with Zack Snyder. So I I thought that was really great and kind of like an eye-opening thing for me that I really appreciated. Great video. I highly recommend. Not just if you don't like Tim Burton, but just in general. She's great. Support her. Um, I watched X-Men Days of Future Past for some reason. Don't worry about it. Um, Specifically the road cut, because I like that one better. Well, we Uh, just talked about the road cut, so I'm sure that was subconsciously in your brain. That's why you did it. Well, no, it's because of WandaVision. Spoiler alert. Um, Oh, there you go. 
Um, but I wanted to watch the road cut because because I was going to watch Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix, and I finished Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, and I said, "Nah, I'm good." Um, because I guess I guess I don't like the X Men films as much as I re- as much as I remember liking them. Um, I still like X One and X Two. I think those movies are great. Logan, great. But like the especially like the post first class movies, I'm looking at like there's just the direction they go in specifically is just not the direction they should have gone in. I think I think especially like now on some level, you are much more familiar with the X-Men from yeah, the comics, too. And you're realizing where the films are different and you're going, Oh, how'd we get here? You mean how you can call those movies basically anything but X-Men movies? And like I'm watching, I've always known after first class, especially that that Jennifer Lawrence was an awful choice for Mystique. Um, but but watching the the road cut, it really put it into perspective. Um, there's also a line that they shouldn't have cut. Pietro, Peter, sorry, it's not Pietro in the in the in the X Men films. It's Peter. Um, his mom says to his little sister, "Go get your big sister," implying that Wanda exists in that universe, but we just never see her because she's. And that little sister is Polaris. Polaris, yes. Um, and that's not in the theatrical cut, and I think that that's weird because it's like two seconds. Yeah. Um, there's just like I was watching the movie, and I was thinking to myself of all the directions that you could go with Xavier Magneto. Uh, that's really just it. Yeah. Because they really botched that relationship after after first class and days of future past. Um, anyway, look, those are movies that are done. Well, who cares? Um, I watched the, the 1998 Godzilla film. Zara wanted to watch a Godzilla movie. I don't know why I chose that one for her. Oh boy. Uh, she loved it. That's a lot of fish. <laughs> she, 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 she loved it. And, and, and I think because it's a disaster movie and she really likes disaster movies. Um, otherwise like, She's only seen like a smattering of Godzillas. I, I told the story of our, our, our first, our horrible date where we went to see Shin Godzilla together. Um, but so she's seen Shin Godzilla, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. And now this one. Uh, and she's just, yeah, she really liked it. Although she was bugged that Godzilla didn't look like Godzilla. Um, while I was sick, I watched Batman Soul of the Dragon. I wish the latest DC animated movie um, from Warner Brothers. And uh, this one is in the style of Bruce Tim, set in the seventies. Um, this could be the drugs talking, but I, I had a blast. I thought it was great. Uh, a lot of fun. Good. That's excellent. I think the fight scenes are awesome. Um, there's a lot of Bruce Wayne and not a lot of Batman, which was very good because I'm sick of Batman. I'm, I might watch that then. That's good to hear. Um, <laughs> we, we get some flashbacks to to their training. Uh, Richard Dragon and everyone, all the characters together, their training. Um, there's a dude with snake hands. Didn't appreciate that, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 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 Richard Dragon, Richard Dragon is the main character of the movie. It's not Batman. He's the side character. Um, and I, I thought that was a really compelling character that I had never read anything of. I always kind of like heard of him and like hear him in the outskirts because I know a lot of obscure DC characters. But I definitely need to pick up more of him because he ruled. Good, excellent. Um, yeah, I recommend. Honestly, it's it's very good. Um, the last two DC animated films, Superman: Man of Tomorrow, and this one have been solid. So I'm I'm liking this direction so far. I watched The Bounty Hunter with Gerard Butler and Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer, not Lawrence, Jennifer Aniston. 
Don't worry about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, just had to mention it because I watched it. Um, a Knight's Tale. I watched A Knight's Tale. Paul Bettany, uh, Alan Tudyk, Keith Ledger. Great movie. Still holds up. That is a good movie. Uh, needs a remaster like crazy. I really need to rewatch it. It I is. Never seen. It. I've only seen snippets of it thanks to my high school English <laughs> class. I hadn't seen it in probably two decades. Um, uh, it's it's very good. I recommend it, Ben. I think you'd really like it. Um, okay. It has a Blu-ray, but as far but as what I can tell is the Blu-ray is the same quality as the DVD because they weren't really doing much in the way of quality control back then. Ew. Um, which so, means it's really the Blu-ray is the quality of the DVD, and the DVD they put out with the Blu-ray is lowered. Yes. Quality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is what they did back then. Um, needs a remaster, uh, for sure. I think that movie would look really great with a remaster. Beautiful. Um, Frozen. I watched Frozen. So an alright movie. Um, no, no. Frozen 2. Oh, that's the good movie, sorry. Um, Frozen is fine, uh, but we were going to do a, a princess movie marathon, and we got to Tangled, which is my favorite princess movie. Love Tangled, loved watching it again. We decided to finish the show. Nice. So that's the, that's the big thing we did this week is we finished Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Love it. Sounds good to me, baby. Right. Into our bread and butter. All right, bread and butter time. We uh, we got some. Some tough, stuff, some tough stuff to talk about uh, in the beginning because we're going to talk about Charisma Carpenter. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. Sorry. Uh, if we're going to have Brandon relaying the news to us, Brandon, your your audio is starting to really cut in and out. Yeah. Oh, that like bad. hardcore. Can you hear me now? I You, you got to talk for a little longer. Of a you got to talk a while because it's been... Take out. Why don't you take out your, your, your? Why don't you do it? Because you guys have access to the thing, right? Yeah, I got the thing right here, here pulled up right now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. Let's just hope that Brandon maybe writes himself after this one. Yeah. So, uh, Chris McCarpenter, she's spoken out about the abuse that she endured from Josh Sweden. Her statement is uh, linked down below. Um. So, the, one of the reasons why this popped up because she's uh, showing her support for Ray Fisher, saying that uh, Ray Fisher showed his support for her by saying. I am forever great. I am forever grateful for her courage, and for her lending her voice to the Justice League investigation. And Ray also still demands an apology from uh, Walter Amada. Um, let's see who else. Amber Benson came out in support of saying Buffy was a toxic ben, environment. Ben, pause. Let slow, them speak slow, now. So slow, slow down, Ben. Don't don't race all. The way you set you framed that sounded a little confusing. Let's be clear. Charisma Carpenter was thanked by Ray after she expressed what she said. You kind of said it in a way where it sounded like she said it because Ray said stuff about her first. Um, yeah, so she came out with this whole statement about Joss Whedon. And then uh, go ahead, read the list of people it's who linked, also came out. It's linked below, by the way, her statement. Yeah, he got that. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Amber, uh, Amber Benson came out. In, in support, saying that Buffy was a toxic environment and it starts at the top. Uh, um, at All Charisma, which is, I, which is uh, Charisma Carpenter's Twitter handle, is speaking truth and I support her 100%. There was a lot of damage done during that time and many of us are still processing with it 20 plus years later. Hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher and hashtag I stand with uh, Charisma Carpenter. Um, ooh, here's a name. Michelle Trachtenberg? Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg, like tractor. Okay. 
uh, who played Don on the show, um, also made a statement about his inappropriate behavior, saying that there was a rule that he was not allowed in a room alone with her. Yikes. Oh my God. And of course, Buffy herself, Sarah Michelle Geller, made a statement saying that she stands with all the survivors of abuse and that she is proud of them for speaking out. Um, Eliza Dushku also made a statement saying that she is with Carpenter and that she wasn't aware of the abuse that she went through. And Anthony Stewart Head was gutted to hear all of this. Um, who who did Anthony play? Was he like uh, Giles. Giles? Giles. Okay, I'm, I'm not a big Buffy guy, so I want to know. He wore glasses. I mean, which Amber I mean, Benson? Amber Benson played um, Tanya. Uh, Tanya. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, obviously. Sorry, Michelle Geller. Uh, Eliza Dushku was Faith. Yep. Mm-hmm. Am I better? Can you hear me better now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're all clear. You now. Sound great. Um, I had to, Unplug it. Mm-hmm. Was that the whole list, Ben? Uh, yes, yeah. that was the whole list. James uh, Marster also also voiced his support for them, saying that referencing back how he's he's made no secret that like Buffy was not an easy workspace. That's um, awesome. I didn't, I didn't and that, that he he one hundred percent believes everything. Well, the the Charisma Carpenter stuff was an open secret for a long time. I remember Sparks and I, you and I, were talking about how. Uh, uh, her 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 uh treatment was really shitty in angel when she got pregnant it's just as a character yes it's very clear if you watch angel that the character is treated poorly um and it's because it's a one for one of what was being done to her uh while she was really pregnant in real life which we didn't know uh we brandon and i didn't know was the reality um but that's that's what it was, and it's really it's. I highly recommend reading her whole statement. It's really sad. Man, that's a bummer. I didn't uh, I didn't know about like if like if Buffy was like a, a bad set to work on, but I was like over twenty years ago, like or over twenty years ago at this point. I'm like still doing this kind of shit. I'm like, man, that's that just bums me out, man. Uh, I like, think nothing nothing made me. Uh, it all made me sad. I I shouldn't say it that way. Uh, nothing nothing. Uh, I think put it as succinctly i think as anthony stewart head statement which is that went after her statement came out he thought he he explained that he thought well that was on angel and i wasn't on that so i guess i understand how that how that could have happened and i wouldn't have seen it but then as the others from buffy were speaking up and saying this happened he's like he he said like i didn't sleep well i just i've been going over it in my head and i'm like how did i not see this yeah how did I not see this? And in his further statement, he talked about how he knew he was like a father figure to some of these, these young actors. And he's like that they couldn't, that they felt they couldn't come to me. Uh, that, that like, that's how, that's how well hidden this was. Uh, Cause I, I truly believe like, you can say like, Oh, you know, like it's enablers and it's people who like, you know, they're not, they're not saying anything. They know it's happening, but they're not saying anything. This, I think Anthony Stewart heads statement really shines a light on Joss Whedon, hid it so well yeah that was the thing uh i think that that joss whedon was very good at making sure that behavior came out only when he wanted it to come out and only to he wanted who he wanted it to come out to a closet Um, because i i have a very hard time believing that that that's that's a lie from anthony stewart head uh that that he just can't even imagine how he missed this and he's trying to go over all these things and it's like it's because he hid it so well that's why this has been such a buried thing for so long Joss Whedon was able to mask it. And, uh, and it, 
it's it's super gross and sad and it's, it's a big bummer and i i talked to friend of the podcast john radley because he was like man i feel like this came out of nowhere and i'm like well not out of nowhere you know we we did have the the whole write-up from his ex-wife not not too long ago where yeah. where it kind of like raised the first alarm bells about stuff like this and and he's like right i remember that that happened but i kind of wanted to like because nothing else happened, I kind of wanted to believe that that was maybe just like a spurned woman kind of thing. And I'm like, I think that's probably the reason why Joss has gotten away with all this is because of that exact mentality where it's like, no, can't be. Joss Whedon, yeah. known for the feminism show? Like, that's that's ridiculous. And uh, I think, honestly, that is that is a lot for a lot of people. Like, he he did bring so many, like, like strong female icons, like, for so many, like, young women growing up. And I'm like... It's just you don't want to think that like the dude is the predator of the people that like he makes these shows for. But I'm like, that's maybe that's exactly why he does it. And that's really awful. Yeah. Um, and I, I also want to I stand by everything we talked about because I, I talked through this with John a lot. Um, I said, you know, I still stand by everything that I've said. And I've seen this message being shared a lot, especially with Buffy um, that, you know, go back to our separating art from the artist uh episode that we did i still stand by my opinions on that which is that you know Whedon being crappy doesn't change the art's impact on you you can still like buffy a whole lot of other people put a lot of good work into buffy there's still a lot of things for you to attach to to be important to you and him being shitty doesn't change that impact for you mm -hmm. um just you know now now when you revisit it unfortunately you'll have to like measure it with those eyes but but that's still the art is still the art for you for what it meant Mm -hmm. um but it is it is a bummer and we're gonna have to do that with all of weed and stuff uh going forward um it is kind of nice because we're still not getting full full in detail on what exactly was going on with whedon or what happened with ray fisher at the justice league set like we've only gotten some vague nods and like i said that one that just i i believe fisher but that that one about the color correction just doesn't land not because I necessarily don't believe Whedon would do it, but because I don't believe that the whole production team would do it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, this does, this does uh, certainly bring a little bit more. Unfortunately, it takes more people spe speaking up, but it does bring a lot more to like Ray Fisher's probably right. Um, there's probably a lot of shitty shit that was going on that Ray Fisher took note of. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a bummer. It, and yeah. for for me it really sucked because I like when I was starting into the like starting to watch all like the comic book stuff and really getting into um being a fan of all this nerd stuff, uh Joss Whedon's name was thrown around all the time, being that he's he's like one of the kings of yep. nerd. He was like one of the nerd kings. <clears throat> um like he made Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was he directed the Avengers, he did all this great stuff that a lot of Dude, people uh, love. Real quick, Ben Avengers, like when it was announced that Joss Whedon was going to write and direct the Avengers, that was like the biggest win on the planet for nerds. Like the yeah. biggest movie on the planet was going to be directed by the guy who wrote our favorite comic book. That's still a great movie. And like, that's, that's still, a, no, it's still a good movie. This but doesn't I mean, like, change that. This doesn't happen. Like the guy who made Buffy is going to make the biggest property on the planet. Like that's, that's, it shouldn't work as well as it did. And I'm like, they're, it's yeah it's crazy yeah, you can be talented and be an asshole exactly yeah i'm just saying like like yeah. it's crazy that like he went from buffy to avengers like that's insane yeah but at the same time it's like now that i'm hearing because like when all the stuff about ray fisher is like okay maybe he just grew into this asshole but now that all the stuff about when him being an asshole during the buffy years is like oh he's always been like this yeah and it sucks is like what kind of shit did he pulled on avengers like i remember i read somewhere i don't know if this is 100 true 
But when Elizabeth Olsen was cast in Age of Ultron, I guess Joss Whedon told her that she will never, ever wear the original comic book suit. And look where we are now. That's not abuse. I want to be clear. That's not abuse. I mean, it's not abuse, but still him being a bit of a dick. I don't so know I, about that one. I, I'm not going to get onto a defending train of Joss no, Whedon. I, I, yeah. It's a really I'm, low. I'm, one with you. I'm somewhat with you, but that, that's simply a thing of like you're never gonna wear that silly sixties costume. I think. Yeah. I think more the the thing to analyze Ben in, in relation to like Avengers would be like uh, Elizabeth Olsen's made no secret about not being a fan of the cleavage on the outfits, and this goes past mm-hmm. Whedon's film, but it certainly was established in Whedon's film. Yeah. Um, in like because nowhere does she have it more heavily than in that movie. Yeah. Um, so that's that's certainly an existent thing. It also. Uh, I was talking with Megan about this and I'm like, man, uh, there is one thing in Age of Ultron that I really hate and I've never been able to get past it. And now I hate it even more, which is the Black Widow pregnancy story. Oh, yeah. uh, you mean how she's uh, a monster because she can't have kids? How, and, and then you, you hold that up next to the Charisma Carpenter thing and I'm like, man, this is really gross and I really hate it. Um, Oops. Uh, yeah. So the, the, boop, the boop ball, that, that's him. Uh-huh. Wow. Also in Justice League with Wonder Woman for literally no reason. Yeah, so funny, you, know, you know, oh, that's what it is. It's funny. I'll laugh next time I never watch it. Which certainly puts into a <laughs> certainly puts into a sp- perspective, at least I think on, on Buffy and Angel, how much maybe other writers had a lot to do with, like not necessarily like you know, more like uh, just pushing those no, ideas into a into a filter. There was so that like, like a, the best yeah. ideas of Whedon's are coming through, but the worst things aren't like, necessarily showing. What's his name? Uh, the, the guy did Cabin in the Woods. Did you Gooder? That guy. Two Gooder. Gooder. Thank you. Like he was a Buffy guy. Like there's a bunch of people who were in that Buffy's Buffy writing room. Like of course Joss Whedon was there, but he brought in a bunch of talented people who now become just as talented as him. Yeah. Someone someone spoke to spoke about the 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 Cabin in the Woods. Like I don't know if how how I'll ever be able to watch Cabin in the Woods again. I was like. Well, Joss Whedon really co-wrote it. I yeah. think you're good. Yeah. yeah. The 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 actors like did stuff with that script. The director again, changed that script. Yeah. Again, it is a much harder conversation to have, I think, about I don't know how I'll read a comic by Joss Whedon again. Yeah. Versus I don't know like the shows or the movies that he was a part of. I'm like, there there are a lot of other people who are part of those things. And like yeah. a lot of like, pieces. Like Avengers is really good. Like him being crappy doesn't change the fact that that's a tight script, a well done film. Uh, those issues we're talking about in Age of Ultron, they don't happen in Avengers for yeah. some reason. Like, maybe because the movie just had to keep moving. There wasn't time for that. But, like, it doesn't Whedon, change those things. Whedon didn't write Avengers. He only wrote Age of Ultron. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because Whedon, we, uh, Zach Stentz wrote Avengers. Oh, but Whedon, job, Whedon did touch up, like, the, the banters. And touch the up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. Is You know, like, he, he his, his hands on that don't change the fact that that's good. That's a thing that you know it has its impact it has its impact. there's so many other people that work on those things like you know you, you can't hang it all out there's like a secret marvel person. committee that like bendis was on for like eight years where he's like secretly helping write every like there's a secretly like 10 people writing all those marvel movies even if there's a two screenwriters that 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 committee faggy hated them yeah i will i'm glad they're gone because like that's why it was so generic for so long i think yeah well yeah. that's also why edgar wright left was because of that committee and now they're best friends again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's get back together. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, that's, I'm glad that, I'm glad that this moment happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish it, I wish it could have happened sooner. That's not putting it on Charisma Carpenter to have come forward sooner or anything like that. It's a hard thing to do. Um, I, I wish that, you know, uh, I, I wish that earlier when Ray Fisher had been, 
had been fighting this fight, maybe we'd, we'd been able to hear more voices. But I understand that that's a really hard thing to do. Um, Charisma's, Charisma Carpenter's message makes it pretty clear how difficult it was to, how much she talked herself out of it actually being what it was. Yeah. Um, brutal. Uh, so, well, here's hoping that uh, this, this actually leads to full-blown uh, justification for Ray Fisher and ramifications for Ween's behavior. I, I'm very curious how much more we're going to hear from a lot of different people because a lot of people have worked with Whedon on a lot of repeat projects. So, I just hope we don't hear any more of. Um, I I have never had problems with him. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that, that, we don't see that. Because that happens too many times with really nice people, and I'm like, I know you're a nice person, but you can't be saying this shit. You can't do it. I, well, I that's the thing. Well, that's the thing yeah. is like that's why I said like that, that why I wanted to start with you know I think Anthony Stewart Head's point is really really important because like for some people for some people like Harvey Weinstein it is kind of like a open open secret yeah where everyone's kind of aware and they're kind of like like I'm not going to be the guy that comes forward because that man holds the power that kind of thing Anthony Stewart Head statement makes me feel more like Joss Whedon just knew how to like really make sure that it was covered mm -hmm. that it was hidden that yeah. it was masked that like you know i know who's who's going to be cool with it most of these people aren't going to be cool with it so i'll make sure that they don't catch it uh and that kind of thing and i think that really was super, super skeeve yeah, yeah. um so so while i agree like i don't want to see people saying like you know like this just doesn't sound like joss or that kind of thing i don't mind them saying like i just i didn't I can't imagine where this was happening. I can't, I didn't see it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't fault you for that. I do think that he was just really good at hiding this. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Bad work. Okay. Moving on. Am I still good with the mic? Yeah. You are great. Sound beautiful. Never sounded better. Oh, you guys Beast. stop. Okay. Bye. All right. Blue Sky Studios sadly has been shut down. Uh, this was an acquisition from Disney when they bought 20th Century Fox um they 20th century fox had an animation studio blue sky uh they put out ice age and recently spies in disguise uh they are shut down effective immediately with all of their 450 employees uh laid off uh however disney will try to find them new jobs within the company so that's good um they were about, apparently about 75 percent uh done with their newest film nimona based on the comic book um oh yeah and, Oh, yeah yeah and they will no longer be making that movie uh there's a lot of projects apparently are just like we're not moving these to disney we're just they're gone yeah that's so weird uh given where we're at where, what we know because of this last investor meeting that they're continuing ice age on disney plus yes it's no different company though uh, but like th right but i'm thinking like the, the project that's 70 percent done i'm like what do you got to lose move it over finish it and keep the team and let them finish the what project other... and put it on disney plus these guys also made movies like um i don't rio rio and like robots no offense to the studio but like all of the movies i've ever seen of theirs have been fine to bad so, like, maybe this new movie was just not up to Disney standards, which, personally, I don't think any of the movies are up to Disney standards. Um, and they were just like, sorry, like, it's just not good enough. We don't want to invest anymore, which sucks. But, like, I mean, I'm well, just they, Disney made clear Disney made clear that this, uh, this decision was pandemic-related. Like, they were just like, we can't keep another animation studio open right now. Yeah, I, and, I, and unfortunately, yeah, like, this was a studio that had to go. Um, yeah. Uh, that yeah. sucks, man. Like, I don't like anyone to lose their jobs, but like, 
I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure if a pandemic wasn't happening, they'd get this one more, they'd get another chance with another movie. I think, I think Nimona, as as Brandon pointed out, is just kind of the confusing one where I'm like, when you're, when you're at 70%, cause like Blue Sky also did the, uh, uh, the Peanuts movie we recently talked about that was so good, right? Yeah, that movie was fantastic. So, so not everything that came out of Blue Sky was necessarily not on the level. Like that was on the level. So, um, that's, that's kind of the thing where I sit there and I go, I don't, 70%, like, let them finish it. Yeah. Move them over, let them finish it, put it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Especially if you're saying we're trying to find jobs for most of these people. <laughs> jobs to most of those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the, like Spark said, the, there will be a new Ice Age coming to Disney Plus because Disney is keeping the IP. They're not getting rid of that. Uh, but Spies in Disguise, I really liked Spies in Disguise, honestly. I thought it was a, a delightful surprise. So, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But Blue Sky wasn't the only thing let go from Disney as. Gina Carano, I've been waiting to say this news item for months. Um, Gina Carano has been fired from her role as Cara Dune on The Mandalorian from Lucasfilm. And what a week just to pick up, um, Jesus Christ, like a new movie with like Ben Shapiro producing, uh, who's just the worst, the worst, like not to get political, worst is, is shithole on the planet. Uh, what, a, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a leap down, Gina. Like, yeah, I don't need you guys. I got my own movie coming out. What are you talking about? The rebellion has just begun. <laughs> it's so funny. Hey, you know what I love about um, Hollywood? There's tons of talented buff ladies who can take on this role that we're gonna we're just gonna get someone who's way cooler and a way better actress and like Gina Carano was cool and like I, she's a great sun lady but like oh, I'm not gonna miss her too. Much. I really Bye. like she's... I really like that character. Yeah, I don't like her, but I really like. And they're character. gonna recast it with someone even better. Watch it, Bing Bong. Yeah. I want it to be Regina from Once Upon a Time, but yeah, mm. uh, Lana Perla, I believe yeah. is her name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I the did you have more in the news side of this that you wanted to say? Well, I wanted to read a Lucasfilm statement. Um, they said Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts uh, denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Okay. Which they were. So I've thought a lot about this this week, as I think most people have. Um, and here's my thing. Um, there is absolute, like, the audacity of people to, to be so upset that a company fired someone for thing, things they said. They're like, everybody knows this. I know everybody on this podcast knows this. But, like, you know, demanding freedom of speech, this is a violation. I'm like, no, she's not being arrested. She was fired. Uh, anybody anybody can be fired from their job for expressing things that the company that they're working for feels goes against their identity 100%. publicly yeah. anybody that's not illegal that's not that's not that's that's how it works um that's colin kaepernick uh that's the that is the same situation so let's let's be clear um mm-hmm. Go ahead, no, Ben. just the amount of people i've seen tweet and go on facebook and be like oh i she was just expressing her political views, but that somehow gets you canceled. It's like, no, she got fired. There's not a- canceled. It's not canceled. Yeah, every um, every time someone says like, she oh, still has the thing is Ben. I'm so sorry. This canceled thing pisses me off. She still has a platform. That doesn't yeah. mean you're canceled. Mm-hmm. I would love to get canceled if I could go onto any talk show, any social media post. What the what the hell does canceled mean anyway? It's it's just that's just a tool, you know. That's just it's, a- it's, well, people, 
people. It wasn't, it wasn't a real sense. question. If you're gonna like really answer it, I don't want to put you through that mental gymnastics. It was a rhetorical question. No, no, I'm just saying that the um, because the I mean, because I've seen us so many people's like, oh, cancel culture this, cancel culture that. It's like she got fired. She said some really bad shit and she got fired. If yeah. I were to say some really bad shit, I would definitely get fired. I didn't get canceled. People are still asking her. They're probably gonna hire. I mean, hell. If she was like officially canceled, no one on the planet would want to touch her. There's no, there's no such thing as canceled culture. Doesn't exist. I know. It just really pisses me off when um, people on the, on the far right are trying to be like, "Oh, but this is this is like, no, you're it's just they want to play victim." I, 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 I uh, only pushing back a little bit is that cancel culture does exist because they have made it a thing that exists. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Like. It, it is a thing that exists because they have made it a thing that exists. And, and we can't ignore that fact. Like that is, it, it is a, a reactionary thing and it is a buzzword that is used uh, to, to fuel down to a point and divide. Uh, that's, that's what it's for. But, but the point of what I wanted to get to about it is that what, what irritates me about this situation is uh, I think Disney and Lucasfilm were well within their rights to fire her. The problem I have is that I hate the vague way they did it. I don't feel that they, they act like the, the phrasing of it acts like she was fired and also, sorry, it doesn't even act like she was fired. It was, it was like, we couldn't find a use for her. Also, we disagree with what she said. The two are not correlated in their statement. Their statement reads like she's not currently employed with oh, us and we decided we're not going to employ her. Coward fire. Yes, exactly. And that's my biggest issue with it. That I I am so bothered that they did not come out and clearly state we let we fired her because we disagree with these things because that's where it feels like cancel culture. It does feel like Disney just did it because of the of the social media response and backlash to her. Not because they're like we we really didn't like that she did that. That's why we're firing her. Like James I wish that they had made a more clear and defined statement on that because that left the room for this response. And it was a vague and cowardly way for them to handle it. And I hate it. I really, really, really hate it. Um, because frankly, what Gina Carano said was bad uh, about, if you didn't see the post, it was comparing uh, the, the suffering of what uh, those during the, the Jewish people during the Holocaust uh, suffered in the lead up to it by how Nazi Germany turned their neighbors against them first and that kind of thing. And comparing that to the plight of Republicans being criticized for their political opinions and views, which are not the same thing, not the same kind of suffering. And that's, that, that was really, really shitty. However, Tina Carano was not fired for being a Republican. She was fired for being an asshole. Yeah, uh, but like I, I really wish that Disney had come forward and been like, because now we're hearing things, whether true or not, we're hearing things about how like she was supposed to have a, a her own spinoff series that they decided not to do because we heard about that. We we, we were hearing rumblings about that, right? But like you know, however much we can corroborate this or not, uh, you know that that they she didn't get it because of the 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 social media backlash again specifically the way that people are talking about it she didn't get it because of the social media response not because of the things she was saying and the things she was saying before against trans people and about like mocking people taking the pandemic seriously also no good yeah also things that like this whole time disney should have come forward with this moment and said a statement like a lot of these things that she's been saying do not represent us we don't agree with them and that's why we fired her literally like said this is why she's not part of it not eh, you know we just she's not currently employed and we, we just won't. By the way, we don't agree with what she said. That just, 
they left that space open to say like we you this is to appease you fans that are upset yeah i and that i i just wish they hadn't done that 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 also had a really interesting uh relationship with star wars fans for so long the first season she was seen as a as a sjw monster or whatever the hell they say yeah she like comics gate people like hated her because like oh she's like a big like strong woman or whatever and now she's like and then when she was revealed to be an asshole sorry republican yeah uh then they were like oh my god she's the best no yeah it's yeah it's it's funny it's it's really dumb and uh and i think like the the worst part about it the reason what i wish lucasfilm had said is that not only do we not agree with the things she's saying we don't like the way that she engages with fans of star wars which would have been like really nice and really direct and a really great way for the company to say like those are not the beliefs we agree with fans of our product um because her i think the worst thing about her was and she still has it but that smugness like she was untouchable hours before she was fired publicly she was posting how untouchable she was on twitter (laughs) uh like this was a woman who had the comfort confidence that she could say all the things she was saying and no consequences would ever come that that should have been addressed that should have been addressed for the fans of star wars who were being berated by her mocked by her and I think Lucasfilm did drop the ball. Even though they're firing her, I think they dropped the ball and not acknowledging it. Well, Lucasfilm has dropped the ball in that area since The Last Jedi, honestly. I, it's one thing to remain quiet and also take no action and remain like you can you can have an amount of like ignorance is bliss objectivity, which is bullshit. But like you can do it as a company, as a corporation. But once you take action, your words must match the action yeah. uh and i don't think the words matched the action in the way that they needed to mm-hmm. well emma anything else we want to add on that before we get to the next one it's a pretty big topic so i want to be sure we ryan did you want to add anything about gina carano no she sucks as a person but the character's cool so don't get rid of the character sucks as an actor too yeah um, but she's like a stone lady i don't mind it, it was fine enough for Cara Dune. Yeah. All right. Well, you know who was having a pretty good week in the Mandalorian cast? Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, indeed, as he was oh cast. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, the In The Last of Us HBO adaptation uh, with Bella Ramsey cast as Ellie. Obviously, he'll play Joel. Yo, that's the little girl from Game of Thrones. Little The little uh, Mormon girl. She's so badass and cool. Uh, Sparks, how good is The Last of Us? Oh, The Last of Us is so good. Yeah, maybe maybe the best video game I've ever played. One of my favorite games of all time, Faux Show. Um, this is like such good casting. Oh my god, because like Pedro's the best, and he's you know he can do good action shit. You know he's a good actor. You know he can do emotions. Imagine Baby Yoda, but it's like a person. <laughs> <laughs> Hours before this, his face. Yeah, right? the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Hours before this, uh, it was uh, people were like, Mahershala Ali is being looked at to play Joel in The Last of Us. And also, then, yeah, this dropped. Um, yeah, like, yeah, that's great. Uh, what I was gonna say is, like, I'm glad because Joel's just like some white dude, uh, and like they could have just got like a white guy. I'm glad that like that wasn't a big defining feature because it's not an important feature of Joel. It's just like the, the, the people who made the games are mostly white dudes, so they make white characters. Nathan Drake, you know, it's how it goes. Uh, but yeah, like, I just 
this is gonna be so sad, you guys. I can't. I, he's gonna be crying so much. Oh my god. <laughs> he. Uh, um, people were talking about how he might might be leaving Mandalorian. I think he was barely there anyway. I don't imagine The Last of Us will be a 22-episode epic long show either. It'll probably be like a 10-episode miniseries or something. It was eight. It's going to be eight episodes. It's going oh. to film. It's going to be. It's going to film before Mandalorian season three. Yeah, easy peasy. He wears a mask all the time. He can look whatever he wants. Yeah, this is awesome, man. Like I, I like when it was first announced, it was like, oh, okay. Like I've heard they're, they've been working on a movie. Like, will this actually happen? And then they got a writer. And then, like, they got, like, a director, and now, like, they got a cast. I'm like, holy shit, they're really doing it. Like, it's, ooh, it's spicy. Imagine okay. the movie we just watched, but, like, real sad. <laughs> that's like, that's Last like, of Us. Like, real, real sad. Real sad. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of video game adaptations, Borderlands is beginning to round out its cast. Um, Kate Blanchett. And Kevin Hart will be joined by Jamie Lee Curtis uh, as Tannis, Jack Black as Claptrap, and yeah, that's it. That's crazy. Jamie Lee Curtis is in Borderlands. Borderlands. <laughs> Jack Black's okay. Jack Black as Claptrap is a is pretty good casting. That's just a little like a little robot that's like like the the comedic relief, but also like fights dudes. Um. That's awesome, because I think this movie is gonna be gonna be awesome. I think the cast is great. It, the guys who's writing The Last of Us has wrote this movie. Um, Eli Roth's a great horror director. Like you guys saw that movie, The House with the the Cock in Its Balls, right? Yes. Yes. What's it called? House with the Clock in the Balls. <laughs> that movie's good, right? Yes, that movie's great. All right, cool. Yeah. So this movie's gonna rule. I think you downloaded the wrong movie. <laughs> no, I downloaded the right movie. <laughs> <laughs> what what he is referring to subconsciously is that at work that is how we internally referred to it <laughs> yeah um that yeah eli ross a good director i think this movie's gonna rule <laughs> sparks is gone i'm good all right that's fine dungeons and dragons is rounding out its cast with michelle rodriguez and justice smith Rodriguez. Justice Smith is the kid from the Pokemon movie, right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. All right. Hey, man. Look at that. I'm, I'm all in D&D. Give me more D&D. Chris Pine's the star on this one, right? Mm -hmm. This is the Chris Pine one. Hot yeah. diggity dog. This is the movie. I'm happy to see Michelle Rodriguez do something major that isn't res uh, Fast and Furious. Yes. Yeah. Or I was going to say go back to Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yo, well, if she went back to Resident Evil and she was the main character, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, me neither. Make her the clone of the clone. Oh my gosh. Clone of the clone of the clone. No, no, no. I mean like a whole different like not the any of that stuff, but I know, just the, like... fifth, the fifth movie's wild. The fifth movie is wild. Yeah. All right. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was surprise announced. Yo! Yo! <laughs> Real quick, do we all like this movie? Yeah, movie's great. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, okay. but I remember like thinking it was weirdly a banger. Yeah, I think it still might be a banger. Yeah. I remember liking good. it a lot. Okay. I remember going like somebody thought, all right, we just gotta get the movie where they're a married couple mm -hmm. and they do action shit. Let's do it. And it turned out to be a great time. Yeah. Good time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the director was trying to make a sequel TV series back in 2007. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't happen. Because streaming services didn't exist. Right. <laughs> Uh, it was going to be a different cast too. It was going to be Brad Pitt and Angelina. 
Yeah. Uh, they actually filmed the pilot. Didn't get picked up. Yeah. Oh. Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge oh, have been cast and will co-create and executive produce alongside Francesca Sloan, who uh, was the showrunner for Atlanta and Fargo. Uh, oh, thank they, will, you. they will be a uh, showrunner for this. Uh, for a new Amazon Prime adaptation of that movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay. Now, pause. Who knows who Phoebe Waller-Bridge is? I don't. I mean, I, okay. I know the name. Okay, fantastic. Okay, I've talked about two shows recently in this past year. One is Killing Eve, and the other is Fleabag. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the writer and star of Fleabag, and she wrote the first season of Killing Eve, which is the best season. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is fantastic, and this is dope. This is so good, you guys, you don't even know. Go watch Fleabag. Yeah, this is a, a, a two-combo, like, superstar team. Uh, this like this I, can't, awesome. I can't think of a better pair of two of, like, their generation, the best, like, writers and performers. Like, mm -hmm. they're the, they are both the combo. They are fantastic yeah. writers in their own right, mm -hmm. and they are fantastic performers. This is a stellar casting move. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never thought I, I would be so excited for a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing, but yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to revisit, revisit that movie soon, I think. Mm. Mm. I just want to watch are, it. Us are downright annoyed. Yeah. Why not both? Por que no las dos? Let's go uh, to downright annoyed. <laughs> what is, um, we could do a commentary. We could, we could quarantine for years and do a commentary. Oh my God, you skip all the other ones and do Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Sorry, babe. We got to push Super Mario Bros. again. Oh, no, 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 no. I will fight you on that one. Uh-uh. All right. Anyway. Right. Wait too long, damn it. Uh, whenever quarantine ends. House of Dragons, the new HBO prequel to Game of Thrones, is rounding out its cast with Reese Iphens, Steve, yeah. Steve Tussaint. Sure. Whatever. Ava Best and Sonia Mizuno. Cool, cool, cool. They have character names, but please don't read yeah. them. No, I, I, I quickly looked through. That's so many words. It doesn't mean anything. This guy's a soldier. This guy is a king. Like, a I don't know. For me to go pee. I don't know what any of that means. Um, this is not the one. This, there's another one that's already coming out with Naomi Watts, right? That's the fire. That's the, one. That is this one. This oh, okay. One. Oh, they're still casting more efforts. Okay, oh wait, cool. was the na did the Naomi Watts one get canceled? No, because no, sorry, the Matt Smith one. There's the, one that's like, there's one that's like that's done. That's like coming out either this year or next year. I think this is a different one. Isn't that? I think this. Is, I think that's this. Brandon, I don't know. I don't know either. I just don't know. There's too many Game of Thrones prequels. There really are. Come on, like that show's done. I mean, there's still books, but yeah, I get you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sparks, come back, because we're talking about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Just read it really slow. Right, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is a new Disney XD animated series. going to be about the titular Marvel character, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Sparks, did you hear that? There's going to be a new Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Disney XD animated show. I heard it on the Fake Girl podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, they cast it. Um, Diamond White will play Lunella Lafayette, who is the titular moon girl. Mm -hmm. Alfre Woodard will play her grandmother, Mimi. Oh. Uh, Libe Barrer will play uh, her, her friend, Casey. Sashir Zamata will play uh, her mom, Adir Ad Ad 
Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Adira. Uh, or Adria. Could be that. Uh, Jermaine Fowler will play their dad, James Jr. Fred Tatasori. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Devil Dinosaur. I don't think he's going to do much talking. That's the guy who, who does a lot of uh, the Hulk and Wolverine and a lot of cartoons. Sure. Um, Gary Anthony Williams will play uh, the grandfather Pops. And Lawrence Fishburne, who is executive producing the series, will play the Beyonder. Ooh. Oh! Yo. Interesting. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Weird that, like, the Beyonder... I mean, I'm sure he might not be, like, a major character, but Beyonder is in this... Like, you know, like the city dinosaur talk, show. Talk about two characters who I want them to find a weird way to put in the MCU. Oh, my God. Little they, girl devil dinosaur. Like, yeah, like the Avengers are doing something in New York and then a big T-Rex and a little girl shows up. What up, guys? Yeah. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Moon Girl is the second person to befriend uh, devil dinosaur after she opens up a portal through time just after Moon Boy, a caveman, dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Devil Dinosaur is, is is shifted to the modern day New York, where he meets Moon Girl. He's just a big T Rex, you guys. He's just a, a big T Rex. Man, he's cool. He's cool. This is so exciting. I'm so pumped for it. Yeah, me too. I really. Here's the thing, guys. Speaking of like obscure characters, I love Devil Dinosaur. Me too. Uh, I have I love dinosaurs. So expect, I get it. expect book clubs coming. His. There are two great books. I think we should do for the book club. Specifically, yeah. yeah. One of them is Planet Hulk from Secret Wars. Hey, I, I know, it. I know, I went to go to the bathroom, but I wanted to say one thing about Game of Thrones shows. Do you guys feel like they're at the point where they were at when they were announcing like all the DC comic films, and you're just kind of like, no, I, I don't yes. believe you. It also, it's like it's when not happening when they announce like the Transformers writing room, and like, yeah, we have six movies oh in development. Oh my god, yes, it's just like that. So <laughs> like. Get one, just give me one. Yeah, give me one. And they're like, we got like, we got three live action shows we're planning, and we're planning at least one animated show. And I'm like, please, please, just give us another Bumblebee. Please stop, Bumblebee first. Just do one. All right, and take this with a grain of salt because the Illuminati is saying that Keanu Reeves is going is being looked at to play Craven. Did oh, he already happened. say that's not true? I didn't see it. If he did. I I was also sick this week. But hold on, I'll be honest. I I didn't look into it, but I just saw something pass by that said Keanu Reeves debunks that says he passed on Craven. Like cool. If we're talk if we're talking about it, would he be a good Craven? I'm look sure. Like I'm sure he'd be fun. Not my top twenty five choices. No, I, not but, ideal. But I like Keanu as an actor, so like whatever. We also I, know that he was like approached by by Marvel Studios for something else. We just don't know what it was. Yeah. And I imagine he said yes to that one. Yeah. I, I still think that he should be one of the elders of the universe, like the collector or the, or the, like a, yeah, like a Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I guess he didn't do it himself, but it is being reported by multiple places that he, re- he said no. Said no. Good. Take that, Illuminati. You're mostly wrong anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Poop, poop, poop. <laughs> All right, comic book news. This is the exciting stuff. Yes. Uh, because Marvel Comics has announced the new lineup for three Guardians of the Galaxy teams. Boy, talk about like riding a low of Heroes Reborn and then turning into a high. It's just Al Ewing. Al Ewing is single-handedly saving the Marvel Cosmic Universe with two books, Sword and Guardians. Uh, the big deal is that Doctor Doom 
has joined the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, he's primed and ready, too. We should have known because if you read Sword, there's a quote by Doctor Doom. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I saw you share that. Oh, it's so good. And um, Ewing did an interview. He's like, Yeah, like you know, we have I have my Space X Men with with Sword, so I want my Space Avengers. If this because I don't have the Avengers book yet. If this is why Cantwell's Doom series had to stop, fine. I accept. 100. Yeah. <laughs> like good hand to good hand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked. I've been reading that run. That runs great. Uh, Star Lord is super powerful right now. Yeah, they're doing, man, again, just like, I can't praise Al Ewing enough. That dude's doing, he's not only doing wild stuff, like Marvel's allowing him to do, like, the wildest stuff with that book. And yeah, I, again, totally. I feel like people aren't talking about that Guardians book outside of, like, you know, like, not, the Twitter sphere. Not only that, Twitter I don't sphere. think Al Ewing is getting the credit he deserves most most places, because, yeah. like, again, like, I'm thinking back to Empire, I'm like, that was a great event. That was a fantastic event. He speaking did of... Event. Speaking of, Hulkling and Wiccan are on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they are, baby! Oh, Look, yeah. like, Empire Empire was so stupid good. Like, I really enjoyed Ten of Sword, but I gotta tell you, for, like, wide-scale events, it's been a while since I read a Marvel event as good as Empire. You heard it here first. Like, Mel mm-hmm. Ewing's kicking butt, guys. Uh, I highly recommend reading Empire before this Guardians run uh, kicks, kicks into this place. If they're bringing in Hulk and Wiccan, you really, really should read uh, Hulkling and Wiccan, you should read Empire. Word, word, word. It's worth it. It's worth it. Crazy Wiccan character we're talking about in multiple places. I never thought I'd say that in my life. Spoilers. That was in last week's episode. Y'all have seen it already. All right. Then finally, guys, did you think 12 X Men comics was too little? Yeah. Me too. Because <laughs> now here's 13. X Core has finally come in. Corporation, the book that's been announced that was like kind of announced like a year and a half ago by accident because one of the an artist of another book was going, Yeah, I'm working on this other X book. And they're like, Oh, yeah, what's that book? Silence for a year and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When's that book coming out? Uh, this book is finally coming out in May. Uh, we now we know the team with Teeny Howard, who's currently writing Excalibur, and Alberto Foche. Foche? Foche. Foche, sure. What sounds the coolest? What? What sounds the coolest? Foch. Foch. Yeah, his name's Foch now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. There you go. We're, look, I'm really stoked because I, I really like all the X-Men books. Excalibur might be my least favorite personally because Hellions is so good. <laughs> True. And something, uh, something has to be the least the least favorite of all good books, like no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see how she tackles this. And like you said, Brian, it's been teased for years. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this, uh, for those who know, X Corp uh, is the X Corporation. This this uh, premise has existed before, but now this is like the the manufacturing and business side of, all, of what's going on in Krakoa. So it's going to be like, it's Monet and, and Angel, Warren Worthington III. They're the business peeps. They got monies and stuff. It's going to be cool. Excited. Man, guys, I'm just, I, I love it. They're doing such a good job with the X Tiles. I am looking forward to like three years down the road from now when they start, when like the rest of Marvel starts to go, Maybe we all should like talk more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just like, actually, you know, maybe we don't need Al Ewing to be on every title for it all to work together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe let people talk to one another every once in a while. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Well, we way of X is coming. Now X core. I'm, I'm stoked. I we're almost, we're almost to the peak of the nineties when there was literally like, like 15 X-Men books out at once. Uh, we're almost there, but, but were they all good? I don't know. I I wasn't there at the time because I was like three. For so. sure. For sure. Uh, 
probably so, not. Probably. I, not. I feel like they probably weren't all as like crisp this. and and solid together as this. Yeah, is you're right. right. Now. Yeah, you're right. So uh, we got Children of the Atom next month. This month. Next month. Next month. Uh, I don't believe it. I don't believe that book anymore. Just like New Mutants until I see it. Uh, Children of the Atom is coming next month, and Way of X, and then X Corp. Moira's Moira's coming, right? Got Way of X. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that Moira book. Um, that feels like a that feels like a big book. So that feel like that's probably I just, so I later. just read a piece where they were talking with one of the, um, not Hickman, but like one of the the producers <laughs> for the the X titles. Yeah. And uh, the now the article supplants it in for you because he didn't say this, but he's like, you know, some titles, you know, you, they come up and, and you kind of have to retool things. And he's like, you never want to say nothing's happening because even as I'm talking to you, like I get a different idea of how something might work, but some things just end up not necessarily fitting as we've gone along. Mm-hmm. And the people who were writing the interview put in parentheses, clearly leaving the gap for the Moira uh title mm-hmm. is what's implied here yeah but um he didn't say that yeah uh but but moira might be one of those things where maybe like as they were conceptualizing it just doesn't fit right now anymore uh to, the last button on this is i just i can't believe that we've gone th- we've gotten this long since uh hawkspox and moira still has not like we've seen like one panel of her one in, in like literally a, in like a year and a half i'm like that is some planning that is some like trusting the audience shit like Good job, You've had so much other good shit to focus on. Like it's great. Yeah. Which one's the night uh, Nightcrawler religion book? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you writing it down? No. He's got to know what to ask for to put on his pull list, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. This is the whatever. You guys want seventeen Batman books? No. Well, you're getting seventeen Batman books. God damn it! Legends of the Dark Knight. Was announced this week. That feels that's a but that, that that book does already exist, doesn't it? <laughs> well, not in its current form. Oh, okay. Um, it'll be coming out in digital on April second, and then physical May eighteenth. Okay, look, hold on, real quick. I hate it because this one actually sounds all right. Does it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay, and, but like, oh, this is this is Art Zdarsky one. No, that's no? Urban Legends. Oh, urban okay. Legends. Okay, gotcha. Maybe I'm thinking of Urban Legends. Sorry, <laughs> never mind. Um, right. Well, this the first issue will kick off uh, a six chapter, uh, six chapter weekly, three issue monthly. It's written mm-hmm. weird. I'm so sorry. Um, written and illustrated by Derek Robertson, who drew the boys. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, with colors by Diego Rodriguez and letters by Simon Boland in Bad Night, Good Night a new player has arrived on the scene in Gotham city and is selling deadly chemicals to the worst villains in town. Mr. Freeze, the penguin, and even the Joker. It's up to Batman to stop the villains, track down the supplier and save Gotham city from not only his most vicious foes, but this new mystery villain. That sounds uh, like a Batman book. All right. Totally sounds like a Batman book. Uh, future stories will be written by Stephanie Phillips, Becky Cloonan, Brandon Thomas, Matthew Rosenberg, Brandon Easton, Shay Grayson, and so on and so forth. Those are all DC writers right now. It's just, all right. All right. Cool. I mean, I mean, 
I know we just talked about like, oh, like we're about to have like 15 X-Men books, but at least those are all like unique and they do different things with the characters. This is just another Batman anthology and like the story is like Batman fights criminals with gas. Like, well, okay. we were talk- I was thinking about it. Like why? Like the X-Men titles have hundreds of characters that can make up different teams and different titles. You're constantly getting a variety. Batman, it's one dude dressed like a bat. Word. How um, many titles does this guy need? Like a... I remember in the New 52, there were like, what, five Batman titles? It was like, oh, this is like the main Batman book, Scott Snyder. Then you got Detective Comics. Yeah, and then you got Batman the Dark Knight, which is like, oh, this is more supernatural stuff. It's like, how many different Bat... At this point, I feel like DC should change their name to BC Comics. No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too mad at like having five bad books. You know, you have your supernatural aspect, you have the detective, you have your main. Like that's cool. But literally, we're like, we're like, we're we're pushing a point where like a lot of these books are the same. There's like five anthology Batman books out at once right now. And well, here's like every time that they they come up with like a an Elseworld story to do, it's like there are five related to Batman and like one or two related to somebody else. Word. Yeah. Um. Here's why the 17 Batman titles tick me off. Because TC also announced they're releasing DC Festival of Heroes, the Asian superhero celebration. Oh, man. Which is a $9.99 one-shot that has all of their Asian superheroes. I mean, I, the, the intent's good, right? Is it? I mean... Why give them ongoings? Give them miniseries? No, yeah. I don't know. Why, I mean, why, why is... I don't know if the intent is good. I mean, maybe I guess at its core, it's like diversity. But that then that sheds a light on your lack of diversity. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Because well, because it, yeah. what it's doing is that they're like, "Yo, this one's for all my Asian homies out there." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This one. This Here's one's your one year comic. This one's got exactly. Oh, this one's awful. got all your Asian characters. Yeah. You know, all those characters we decided were too minor to bring up again until now. Did you not to bring up uh, a different company or anything, but like. Uh, Star Wars posted something uh, honoring Black History Month, and like they had a picture of like John Boyega, and like literally every comment was, "Oh, you mean the character you sidelined it in your franchise?" And like I was like, "Oh, should've, you guys messed up on this one." Should have gone with Lando. Yeah, I was like, it's just yeah, it's a bad week for that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay, so Ram V will write a story centered on Catwoman's protege shoes. Okay, sure, cool. Uh, Mariko Tamaki. Okay. Uh, we'll write a Cassandra Kane story, and she's in her Batgirl costume. That's kind of cool. All right. Jean Luen Yang will write an original story with Bernard Chang. We don't know with mm-hmm. who, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Min Lee and Trung Lee Win will write a story about Tay Pham, who is the uh, Green Lantern from Green Lantern Legacy, the okay. YA one shot. Gotcha. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, that's that's like a really like that's truly a stellar creative team. It is. Um, it does just feel like, yeah, like give, give them, give them, let's give them a bone. So, so me, yeah. me looking back now, having read like Superman Smash of the Clan and knowing who who Gene Liu and Yang is, uh, I'm looking back at his new Superman, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm re angered because I liked that book fine, but what I hated is that the framing of the DC universe at the time told me told me by the way this doesn't really matter oh yeah like all the, the ways that they went about it they're like this doesn't really matter though like you know yeah. this is cool but like you you don't need to care about this and i'm well, like I didn't read it. 
that's that's what's so upsetting about it is that that that's always the attitude is that it's like yeah we'll do this thing and that that one ran for like three trades i think mm-hmm. uh and then was canceled and and it's like the whole time you get the vibe that like they don't care yeah like they're they're letting them do this but they don't care yeah um and i hate that i hate it especially because at the moment where they were like doing a whole lot of continuity heavy stuff across the board and they were like but not that one like don't worry about it the continuity don't matter over there that one's in china yeah exactly oh that's exactly. like like the chinese superman and yes like, yeah, okay. yes yeah. uh and 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 i thought about that because i'm pretty sure he's at least in the image for this i i don't know if they're the focusing superman. on the superman one yeah 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 he is uh and okay. and it's like this is a this is not the way to do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talk about it all the time how Marvel puts out these random books that may or may not do well. Shang Chi, Taskmaster, Mortal Hulk. Yeah, you know, and they put out these books. If they do well, they go on longer. If they don't, well, well, we put them out there anyway. Shang Chi, and it's of course because a movie's coming out. But Shang Chi had a ser- a miniseries that I read and I stopped reading, and now has another new miniseries when that one ended to try to capitalize on this on the on the hype of the movie. Like Marvel's always good about that. Whether the books are good or not, they have a book out for further characters, like small or big. Like that's something they're always been good at. So someone put posted on Twitter about how, like, you look at their diversity characters at DC, and Green Lantern is being written by one of the most reprehensible people in the world. Apparently, uh, this dude has like super. This guy's writing writing the 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 the, the John Stewart book, and he, this guy constantly talks shit about just all these things. And then you have this, which is just a one shot, which is like, here you go. But I, it sucks that, 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 that we're not getting essentially good representation from DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, I think the, the more troublesome thing about it is I'd be like, if any, literally any of these characters had an ongoing yeah. before or coming out of this, mm-hmm. I would feel differently. But the fact that it's just like, don't forget, these guys are around. Like, again, it's just that vibe of like, yo, this one's for you. Uh, and just this one. Yeah. Just this one. Yeah. Don't ask uh, since for another year. Uh, it reminds me of when we were talking about Future State a little while back, and it was the first one of the new Batman, and it's the middle story. And who's that? Forgetting the name. Brandon Thomas? No, okay. nope, nope. The character. The, the character that... Grifter? No. Thank you, Katana. Oh, Katana. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I was just blanking. Right. Is that the other well? character? Yes. Yeah. So, so Katana had a fantastic story there. And I'm like, I would I would read a six-issue series of this. Mm-hmm. I would read a six-issue series of that of that that writing of that character or i would read an ongoing if they really wanted to i'm like i'm enjoying this the art style's cool Mm -hmm. this this feels engaged it's just that yeah it's just that that's all that i don't know i'm gonna skip i'm gonna skip one of these to talk about because it's related but milestone hey milestone had a similar one shot in this week's solicitations which is like here's the milestone one shot go read the rest digitally Oh yeah, but are the milestone characters getting physical copies? Right, I I agree, but at least at least milestone has that like sense of here's your taste because all that stuff is there. Yeah, go go, go get it, go get it. I mean, sure, it's it's a it's a little better, yeah. Um, like again, that's, that's kind of the thing I was saying is like you know if this if this one shot had an ongoing for at least one of those characters that was spilling out of it, like it was to kick that off, I'd be like, great, not a problem. Yeah fantastic well the, the news about milestone is that they've announced that uh starting in april um they're going to release a six issue miniseries of static shock of icon and rocket another six issue miniseries and one of hardware 
uh, all written by, uh, at least it's implied, it's all written by Reginald Hudlin, who's currently kind of the showrunner for Milestone. I remember we talked about that, like whenever the DC fandom thing was, and I forgot, I forgot about it. So it's cool that they're still going through with it. Yeah. 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 Would like them to be physical though. Milestone has a long history. Yeah. Um. All right. The good news about the DC solicits is that we found out about Chip Zdarsky's new Justice League. Oh, this is the book that I read that sounded cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, Justice League Last Ride will be written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Miguel uh, Mendonca. Mendonca. Mendoza? I don't know. Um, you know what? I could have misspelled it. Yeah. I don't know. This will be a 16 digital uh, series with eight print issues eventually. Uh, April 14th for the digital, May 11th for the physical. Um, once the most powerful group in the world, the Justice League was destroyed by tragedy and time, disbanding under a veil of mistrust and anger. Now, on the eve of the universe's greatest murder trial, the League must come together one last time. But can Superman and Batman bury the past before the cosmos' greatest villains bury them? Cool. I hey like, man, I'll read Zdarsky. Yeah, I like uh, uh, murder trial stuff, and I like getting the band back together. I also like Justice League. So it's putting all those things together and you're whipping it up with a Chip Zdarsky sandwich. I'm like, I'm all about it. Yo, man, I like Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Yeah. <laughs> Birdman. Also, it's like a digital thing. So it's probably going to be like its own, like, you know, not Elseworlds, the new Elseworlds, but it's going to be its own, like, alternate universe thing. So, so much like a Tom Taylor, he can do just whatever the hell he wants and create just a compelling story. Kill Batman. Kill, just do it. Sure. All right. Tom Taylor is one of the few people who had the balls to kill Batman. All in an alternate universe. No, deceased. Whatever. Maybe he'll kill him in Nightwing. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, okay. A lot of animation news. This is a big week for animation. Ooh. Dan Harmon uh, came out and said that he is developing a new animated series set in ancient Greece about a fall about. Hmm about a flawed family of humans, gods, and monsters that tries to run one of the world's uh, first cities without killing each other. I really love the idea of it. I really, really don't want it to look anything like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Well, what about Bob's Burgers? Because Bento Box, which is Fox's animation studio that works on uh, Bob's Burgers, uh, is working on this. Yeah, truly, I just... It's not Rick and Morty's fault, but too many other shows have tried to ape their style yeah. and, I and i don't so need successful. another one of those yeah in visually i don't need another yeah. one of those i will yeah um adult animation whether it's all rick and morty's fought is kind of all a lot of them kind of look in a similar way you know kind of like elongated like humanoid kind of like like you know comedy big, big eyes yeah, yeah yeah so like if it looks like that i wouldn't be totally shocked to be honest as much as i also don't want that but the fact that Dan Harmon is working on another show, like that dude truly is like a creative, like I think that dude's like a creative genius. That dude's super funny and super demented and like community rules, Rick and Morty rules. Like, um, like I'm glad that dude's still making other stuff. And like ancient Greece, baby, we're all about it. Like monsters making dick jokes. I'm all about it. Who doesn't love it? Um, speaking of bento box clue, uh, Fox is going to develop a clue animated series uh, with bento box. Hmm. No creative stuff. No, no creative team as of yet. See, I would, oh, I would normally be against it, but the Clue movie rips. That movie is so funny, um, amazing. So, like, I, I mean, I'm not against it. Like, hey, man, somebody's making an Uno movie, so you know, anything. You're right, anything, little Yachty. Anything can happen. <laughs> well, I forgot about the Uno movie. 
I'm sorry, what was it Brandon called him? A little, 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 little Yakti. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that's his Dungeons and Dragons name. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. Like, I mean, it was cool. Like, if it could be like a funny whodunit, like, whatever, sure. Yeah. Uh, HBO Max also announced a slew of new animated series coming to their streaming service, uh, such as Cover, which is an adaptation of the Brian Michael Bendis, David Mack comic book about a comic book writer working at the CIA. Um, cause apparently that's the thing that like the CIA asked comic book writers to like help them with things. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bendis will write the series and David Mack will direct the series, which I thought was cool. Did um, you guys, um, there was a Sony produced TV show called powers based off yeah. his comic book. Did you guys watch that? Cause I did. I watched the season. I, did I watched the first season. I did not get mm-hmm. to. I but thought it I was still. I still want to. Fine, it's all right. Yeah, it was worth. Uh, it was worth watching it once. That's it. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't. It was really. It was really low budget. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of hurt it a bit, but like it was still. Yeah. It, it was cool. Well, it, this one's going to be animated from by Rooster Teeth Studios. So. Oh, so it's going to look like a ruby. Ruby. I can't do that. The Transformers. War for Cybertron. Oh. They did that too. Cool. You cool. know, that's terrible. No, it's fine. Better than uh, Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. Knights of Cydonia. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Wait, I, I have that book, actually, Future Book Club, probably. Uh, they also announced Velma, a new 10 episode adult animated series coming from Mindy Kaling, who will also voice the titular character. This is going to be a prequel series that will unmask the complex and colorful past of the underappreciated brains of the Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. gang, Velma Dinkley. This is so weird. Did you say adult? Yeah. Yes, it's yeah, adult. adult about a prequel of Velma, so she's a child? I didn't think about that, but yes. No, I know. That's the whole thing that's kind of thrown me is I'm like, I don't like there's no world where I think about this as like the origin of Velma, because I'm like, you're saying it's an adult animated series and there's just no version of Scooby-Doo where I picture her post something like that. I'm all about Mindy Kaling wanting to do her own take on Velma. I'm like, that's fine with me. Any honestly, anything quality Scooby-Doo product you want to make at this point. I don't care. It's do just it. weird to make it like, like, uh, like again, like a Rick and Morty, like making it rated R, like an adult animated I think, like, I think family gonna, guy. I think they're going to decide to make it uh, like... PG-13? Well, no, it's going to be adult, but I think that it's going to be like... Uh, Her parents? They don't get together till after college. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, because that's, that's a mentality I can see them going with, and like that being fine, especially if you're going to modernize Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. a little. Um, it, yeah. It's so weird because the current continuity of Scooby Doo movies try to make it very clear that they're still teenagers, even though you don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well be right. cool. Be cool. Scooby Doo uh, was that they are they they've been doing it since high school, but they were like post college age mm-hmm. while be cool Scooby Doo was happening uh, because that's directly referenced with Shaggy's whole thing about how he thought that they were a band that got started in high school. And then he was just always confused why they never played any gigs. <laughs> they never practiced. <laughs> Which is still my favorite interpretation of what Shaggy thinks they do. <laughs> He's like, I thought we just always got distracted on our way to the gig. Uh, yeah. I, look, it'll be fine. Weird. Make it a prequel. All right. 
again, like I'm happy for anything quality content about Scooby-Doo and Mindy Kaling, I think we'll have a cool take on Velma. So yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. Clone High, which we knew was coming. Uh, they, they made the announcement that has been renewed for a second season. So we're getting two seasons of Clone High right away. This is, of course, the Lord and Miller reimagining of their old MTV show. I think this is really cool. Um, if you guys don't know the premise of Clone High, it's, it's yeah, it's a, a high school full of clone like celebrities, historical people. Like you got like a like an Abe Lincoln and Einstein. Yeah, like know. one of the, the aren't they the main characters are Lincoln and Einstein, mm -hmm. and then there's everyone else. Yeah. Um, and Lord and Miller, like those guys are like so funny. They did the Lego Movie. They did uh, the Twenty One Jump Street franchise. Like I love those guys so much. They're hella wacky. Love yeah. it. Um, and they also announced Fired on Mars from Nate Sherman and Nick Vokey. Uh, an existential workplace comedy set on the Martian campus of a modern tech company. Uh, Pete Davison has been casting this. Cool. I thought you said fired up Mars. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, is this a sequel 300 years in the future? To fired up. <laughs> fired up with so Martians. Uh, the Jason X of the fired up franchise. Hell yeah, baby. And then low, low gravity. And we'll, we'll talk about it a little later, but Close Enough uh, was renewed for a third season. Woot. Love that show. Was the, the thing we're going to talk about the second season? Yeah. So yeah. so as they announced, as they released the trailer for season two, which is coming out later this month, they also announced that they are starting production on season three. They must love it. Um, and uh, the creator from um, the... Regular show, Bojack Bo Horseman. Yeah, uh, he's he's coming over to oh shit. Uh, be one of the head the the other head writer for Close Enough. Ooh, oh, really? Really? Yes, awesome. yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the CW has ordered pilots for the Powerpuff Girls series and Naomi, uh, and they are not going to move forward with the Wonder Girl Yara Flora show. I cannot believe they passed on that, but went yeah, Naomi. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I I, uh, I did see Ava DuVernay because I follow her on Twitter make like a big post about like how I'm really excited to bring this character to the screen. Like I I she's a really new character and I just have no experience with her. So like, uh, I have no I have no say in that. It's just weird that like, but I mean at the same time like Yara Floor is literally a character that was like came out like a month ago. So like I can't get mad that that character is not getting off the ground. Like Naomi's been but here, they have, years. but they have just as many stories going into this. I think mm, I think from my standpoint, yeah. I'm just surprised that they they're losing like, uh, uh, you know, two two big CW shows by the end of this year, with probably Flash on its way out next year. Oh, but yeah. they didn't want to bring in Yara Floor to keep that gravy train going. Maybe a surprising. maybe just the pitch wasn't good enough, and they'll spring her. I, I I suppose so. Like yeah. I wouldn't want it to be a bad show. So if they didn't have faith in it, then fine. But like still, get ready for your angsty Powerpuff Girls, yo. If this is good, it might be cool. I'm, yo, I, I'm yo, excited for that premise. People I got, on the internet aren't. I am. I, we'll see. Uh, we'll, I, I have no idea how to feel about it. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Uh, this is really just for me and all, for, on all people who like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, but it will be ending with the eighth season with final ten episodes coming oh, later this year. I, I'm very, very behind. But, like, that show should have been dead. So, like, the fact that we got, like, another, what, like, two more seasons? Like, four. Is, we got four. Jesus, good good job, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's, is that's that show still on Hulu, or is it only on Peacock now? It's on Hulu. Yes. 
Uh, I only yeah, watched the I, first season. I stopped. I need to get back to it. I love the those episodes I watched. Well, you got six more seasons to get through. Um, <laughs> Excellent. I, I love the series. Um, one of the things that I really like about uh, Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, this is going to relate, I swear, um, is that they allow Rapunzel and Flynn to be a couple. And that's something you don't see a lot of the time in television. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine was one of those places where you just saw characters just be a couple and the drama isn't that they're getting broken up this week. The drama is, I, I see what them. you're saying. Cause I was going to say, I'm like, television is like built around coupling. Like, what are you talking about? No, but like, they don't really break them up. Now I understand. Now I understand. Yeah. Because it, it was a long, Hey, tried and true trope, break up a couple, bring in a third, whatever, like throw, throw all these things at the couple. And that's the drama. But yeah, part of the kind of like sea changed that and been like, no, what if, what if the drama came existentially and they had to tackle it as couples? Buddy, I get it. Like, story of my life. Yours too, right? Bring in a third. We've been there. Oh, my. Face off. Uh, gonna take his face off. Um, no comment. Face off is coming. Adam Wingard is going to be developing a new face off movie. And this is a sequel, not a remake. The technology's only gotten better. That's why. Uh, Adam Wingard is director of, of Godzilla versus Kong. Of Godzilla slaps the shit out of King Kong. So <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see. Sure. Like that guy's made good movies uh, before. So if like, if uh, I like Godzilla versus Kong, I'll give him a pass on Death Note. Yeah. 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 Because he yeah. also did like, uh, uh, like, uh, like, don't, don't, don't stop. Nope. Don't. <laughs> but a good spooky movie. That's a good. What, good yeah. What movie did he do before? Uh, Pulling it up. We're looking up. It's a good. Or it's a don't, don't starve. Don't drive. Don't stop. It's a house invasion movie where it's like got a twist. House with the clock and the spot. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm really happy. I said oh, yeah, that. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, you're next. You're next. Thank you. You're next. You're next. He also you're, did the guest. I you're next, and the guest like make up for mm-hmm. how how bad Death Note. Uh, your next, your next, and the guests are two of my favorites. For real, like, That's like crazy. Like, and honestly, he did the Blair Witch in 2016, which I didn't think was bad. I thought it true, was pretty good. True. So he's more, more good than bad. So honestly, Death Note's his big miss, and and frankly, I blame that more on the script than I anything. think Face Off is an extraordinary movie. I think it's really funny unintentionally, but also it's a good, really good action drama movie. Yeah, um, I, I blame Death Note for being bad entirely on the script, and he didn't write it. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll watch another face off. And that means you have to get Nick Cage. They're making a sequel for a reason. You, you would just reboot it unless you're bringing in Nick Cage or John Travolta. You bring back John Archer and you bring back the evil guy. I forget his name. You're going to bring back John Travolta. He's got full Scientology. Tom Cruise is, is still making movies. Yeah, but Tom Cruise crazy. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> All right. I John Travolta quit Scientology. And what? Well, wow. Sandy Z- Zenu. There's so many. There's so many good suggestions for the face-off cast too. You can do anybody. Margot, Margot Robbie. There's like I wanted to be ladies, but I also I've I've thought I I think I've thought of a lot of good male pairings. Yeah. Bef- like years before this, there's like this some came around there's casting like, director with a wall of literally a hundred actors. Yeah, that's and like just side like, by side of like who's the Ooh, yeah yeah looks good. <laughs> but like but like you really want to make everybody happy the answer is obvious it's john krasinski and randall park oh god (laughs) i've seen so many people memes or with memes of uh the issue or the issue the episode of wandavision where like man good on john krasinski for getting this role or, or the opposite of like people want John Krasinski as, as to play Reed Richards. He's already casted in the show, you guys. He's uh, already uh, uh, woo. It's good stuff. All right. 
Speaking of old 90s action movies, True Lies, James Cameron's True Lies TV series has finally been picked up. Oh, yeah. CBS has ordered the True Lies pilot. Uh, so if they like it, it'll go series. Matt Nix, should it go to series, will write the series. Matt Nix is good. Yeah, we Matt like Nix Burn Notice. Ooh. We like the gifted season, season one. one. Mm-hmm. Burn Notice's yeah. tone would work really well for True Lies. There's been a lot of Polar- Polaris love from that show lately. And in I'm the really wrong, about in the, in the, it. Yes, but also in the for wrong, the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons, but in a good way. Because like, but I'm she, like you. You know, you you all right. Like she's the she best was part. Real good. She's the best part of that show. 100. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I recently watched the movie. I loved it. James Cameron and Mick G will uh, produce the series. Mick G. Cool. Uh, would you guys believe me if I were to tell you that there was actually no remake, like true remake of The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I believe it. I've, seen, I've seen the sequel. There's one coming. Prequel. And the prequel, actually. Thanks, Sam Raimi. You pee gross in the way. I've seen that. Yeah, Wicked and Oz the Great and Powerful. I saw that. Mm. Bad. Um, okay, Nicole Castle. Uh who was a watchman, watchman person. Uh the TV show Watchmen has been hired to direct a new adaptation of the book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Okay. Um, because that's in public domain. Um, and they also have free reign, and this is the weird part. They have free reign to use the original movie as a template, so they can use like the Ruby slippers because they're not Ruby in the book. Uh, from the original movie, even though that movie's owned by Warner Brothers. Oh, I'm I'm really fascinated with. I know Megan would be too because she's a huge. Oz book fan. She oh, likes. She, the oh, movie. she's an Oz head. She she loves the movies, but like it's it's a big thing for her. She loves Oz. Remember when the Wicked Witch of the West was Regina's mother, sister, sister, sister. Yeah. sister. That's another Once Upon a Time reference. I guess we're gonna talk about that show someday. Yeah. Um, I anyway. fin- I'm scared to finish it. Yeah, I. You should be. I I don't think I could. No, I was um, that show. I was side tangent. I was the one that shows biggest defenders. I freaking love that show from season one. Even I was all the way to season four, and then it's just like I just stopped baby, watching it. Baby, I was right there with you, and then nope. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I think there's a lot of interesting room to explore and do a Wizard of Oz film that is actually more true to the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like. I think it's a really nice thing where they're saying like they have free reign to pick things from the movies, but they don't have to. And in some cases, maybe it's better that they don't. Um, if, if they really do adhere a lot more to the towards the books, it will be a different movie, which is nice. It won't feel like a a one to one, which I don't think Park. can. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea to one to one remake Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like doing a Jurassic Park readaptation. Yes, if you were to, it's 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 pretty much that different. For those of you that are familiar with the Jurassic Park book, it's pretty much that different. If they were to faithfully recreate the Jurassic Park book, it would be very different from the Steven Spielberg film, and that's pretty much the situation we're talking about. That here. I I can uh, I can bet that the the after the next set of Jurassic World movies, there's going to be a nice hold, a nice like five ten year hold, and then HBO will make some sexy ass like limited HBO series Jurassic Park that's just like the book, the book, that's the book. Was Sam Neill coming back to play John Hammond? No, it's got to, you got to recast. No sexy hats. I'm sorry. Not allowed. Sam Neill could be a good John Hammond nowadays, though. 
No, you can't. This is an American horror story. We're not recasting people. I mean, he could be, but uh, so could <laughs> other people. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Captain Marvel 2. I buried the lead on that. Captain Marvel 2 Ooh. has found its villain. Marvel sequel to the Carol Danvers movie. Zoe Ashton has been cast as the villain in Captain Ooh. Marvel. We don't know who, though. It could be, uh, it could be a billion people. A lot of people think she's going to be the, the, the scroll queen. Yes, uh, because that they think that character will be altered to fit the MCU. Yeah, right I now. did see a lot of that. Yeah, there's um, it, 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 it depends on like if they're leaning into that scroll thing or it's just one of Captain Marvel's villains. Like like or again, it's too related now. But like like it would be dope if we got that Skull Queen stuff. Like we read Secret Invasion. Like what was it like last year, six years ago? I don't know how long this pandemic's gone on. And she but, was an um, Empire, and she's an she came back in Empire. Spoilers. That's amazing. I forgot she yeah. was dead for like a decade. That's awesome. She was she was she was the secret main antagonist. You're right. That's awesome. Of yeah. Empire. Um, um, that actually, yeah, yeah. She's a Skull Queen. There you go. Bing bong. I mean, <laughs> if you if you want to if if they want to tie things in as tight as we're seeing from one division towards Doctor Strange, this would be the Secret Invasion. To Captain Marvel 2, yeah, Hundo, baby. Hundo, 100%. You got the Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel Secret Invasion train that's got its own triangle Ooh, going on. Spicy. Look at all these Marvel triangles. That's so good. All right, trailers. Oh, my God, we're here. Trailer Park. Tea trailer time. Park. Close Enough Season 2. Yo. This looks really funny. I mean, Close Enough is great. Ben and I both yeah. love that season. This looks like more of great. It looks... More like close enough. It, I want more close enough. I was only bummed that we got a little, tiny little bit of the. I mean, I'm glad we got it at all, but it was like what six episodes. I was definitely nervous because that that first season was made a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, for TBS originally, and Warner was just sitting on it, and then they're like, "All right, we're dropping this for HBO Max because you know we need content on HBO Max." And I'm like, I was really nervous it was going to be a one and done. And it was like, yeah, that's great. We finally got to see that show that was like had a trailer three, four years ago. Is the first season as like surreal and weird as this trailer for the second yes. season? Okay, yes. I, I watched this thing. So this is so I like you, this trailer a lot. So if you remember regular show, if you ever watched regular yeah. show, you remember that it'd be like they'd start with the simple premise of like rock paper scissors, and then they took it too far and they upset the rock paper scissors gods who would break mm. open the cosmic reality mm. and take them to a different space, and they'd have to fight in the gladiator gauntlet of rock paper scissors or something. I'm into this. Yeah. So it's that same concept but then matured up cool. to match the age range of what they're doing and but it's that same kind of stuff where they're like they're doing a simplistic thing oh no they have upset the the entities behind this simple thing things get crazy. i love it i'm gonna watch that like um you're like you go to this club and if you're over 30 then you get you get sacrificed you become oh. a, a very irrelevant person I mean, it's, if you're at a club, I mean, it's it's, it's true. It's sad. Yeah, it's, true. it's based on uh, Logan's play, but the guy who runs it is pushing 50. Logan's, Logan's run. run. Logan's run. Thank you. Why did I say Logan's play? Never mind. Did you guys catch Logan's play last night? Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. My buddy Logan's got a new play. It's definitely a regular show for adults. Fanny and I love it. We constantly talk about the scene in that episode too, the scene where um, Candace and J.G. Quintel's character, I forgot his name, they give their kid off to babysit, and they're like, "We have a kid for nine. We could do errands." And then turn down for what starts playing, and they're all like sexy dancing, but they're all like doing their taxes, going shopping. We lost our shit, and it's funny enough actually dancing right in front of me right now. Hey man, oh. I, I being an adult and like going shopping, there is a nice, nice thing about going shopping. Like I get it, it. I get it now that I'm here. 
I cannot tell you how accomplished I feel that when I wake up, it's like, oh, I got to do errands. And then I get those errands done. It's like, oh, I did something good. I'm going to roar myself with going to the video game store or Barnes and Noble. I deserve it. That entire pint of ice cream. All right. Oh, I watched the map of tiny little things. I'm sorry. I forgot to bring that up. Time loop, uh, time loop tropes remains unbroken. Yeah, it's great. Tried and true, Man, always works. That's insane. It's that's the best. um, that's uh, Catherine Newton in that one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ant Man, Catherine Newton. Yep. Wow. Freaky. Wow. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Really great. I really liked it. I highly recommend. Black Myth Wukong. We got a new gameplay trailer for this game. Oh, this looks like a next gen video game. This is this is probably my most anticipated video game right now. Give them the bad news. When's it come out? Twenty twenty three. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, um, this looks sick. This looks Yo. like it's like part Dark Souls, part like big open world RPG. Like it is. I'm so glad after that concept trailer that they've gone small scale because I'm like, yo, if it's gonna be a long wait, like don't show me the god shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're gonna do it, but don't show it to me yet. I I want to save it because if this game like if this game progresses the way I think it will, based on that concept trailer, mm-hmm. like you're gonna do so much. Like you're going from Dragon Ball to Battle of Gods, baby. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Dragon Ball comparison, you're doing the whole gamut, and I'm like, big, that's nuts. Big you're going stone from, man coming alive. Yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. from like fight this rat king to fight the cosmic entity of the universe, and I'm like, yo, I'm I'm there. Yeah. I am there. I'm very excited for this, but you know what? I got Ratchet and Clank and God of War to satiate me until then. You Do go. you? Because you don't have a PS5 yet. It's coming as soon as that check clears. Bing bong. And then you can get one. Yeah, uh-huh. it's gonna be tough, bud. <laughs> oh man, I was so upset. I was. I watched the trailer for Ratchet and Clank: Rift Apart twice to be be like, wait, is it coming with PS4? No shit. <laughs> yeah, God of War probably is though. So there you go. Yeah, for Ratchet and Clank, to its credit, is like the big game they have right now that looks like it's actually utilizing the ps5 engine in a major way that's coming out so it has to be sometime soon yeah yeah Yeah. warhammer 3 total war total war warhammer 3 this is a this is a for me guys so the total war franchise there have been uh, they've been making games for 20 years there's total war attila there's total war rome total war the viking saga you know every type of history big epic battles um the total war franchise is my favorite um strategy franchise because most strategy franchises focus on one thing. It's either the big scale battles where you have, you know, hundreds of armies and you're, you know, moving units to be more tactical, or it's the city building aspects where, you know, you have to like, oh, you have to increase taxes so you get more money, or you have to increase barracks so your place is better defended. The Total War franchise is both of those in one. So you're you're maintaining the city aspects while also maintaining the battles that are happening across town, across the world. So these games last for hundreds of hours at times, like these uh, giant world battles. The Total War franchise brings in giant monsters and orcs and vampires and mummy monsters and all that stuff. So it just adds all that elements and it makes it even more fun. Total War 3 is adding the Chaos Gods. You see these big slurpy monsters. Um, I don't know how they're being added to the game, but basically um, they're the, the last factions left uh, untold like these games have like 30 factions at this point because total war one and total war two combine together so all the games play together on one giant map so we're going to be adding more of that stuff more fun baby it was just a cool magic battle that's all well how does how does this relate to the warhammer franchise because this is this is oh brandon yeah there's total there's warhammer and there's yeah. warhammer 40k there are two separate universes there's a fantasy and there's a sci-fi no i know but how does this total war franchise now incorporate warhammer oh. 
uh, they Total War Warhammer is their Warhammer game. It's called Total Total War is the franchise they're using Warhammer. So it'd be like Total War Rome. So t- sorry, I can clear this up. Sorry, Total War is a series of RTS games. Yes, that is using Warhammer for this yes. game. Yes, yes, they do As other kinds of things. No, I know, they're but cool. I, I want to know. I want to know what elements from Warhammer are they using in Total War Warhammer Three? Oh, the factions, like like you play as ogres and trolls instead of men from from England in the ninth century. You play as a vampire counts, or you play as um, elves who ride dragons, or or you know, it's a yeah. fully Warhammer game. Yeah, it's a fully yeah. Like you saw, you saw a wizard man fight a giant demon man. It's that, but five hundred people on a screen, and you're tactically. Uh, doing stuff. It's okay. it's a it's a computer only game. Very few console games come out like this. Because uh, so, because yeah. I was going to ask if Total War and Warhammer were one and the same or they're different, but no, okay. they're different. They're different. No different. Like Warhammer's its own thing. Total War again. The last Total War game I played was Total War uh, Three Kingdoms, which is about Chinese dynasties in like the ninth century. Gotcha. It's just like it's just a template. Like Call of Duty goes to World War Two. It also goes to World War One and goes to the future. Bing bong. Gotcha. Um. All right, six days in Fallujah. Oh my gosh! Okay, tell them. <laughs> okay, so this game was announced in two thousand and eight. Um, Fallu- the, there was the Battle of Fallujah is a real life event with some really serious ramifications on both sides, um, and we're, we learn more and more about it as time goes on. Um, it's a really important event in, in U.S. history, specifically during the war in Iraq in that time. Um, in 2008, they wanted to make a video game detailing the events of this real battle, and the game got canceled. Um, and then they brought it back 12 years later for some reason. The people behind um, Halo, Bungie, uh, ex Bungie people from who made Halo and Destiny, have created their own their own company, Highwire Studios, to create to re rejuvenate this wo- politically war game that was canceled over a decade ago. So it's really gross and messy, but when you watch the trailer for it, it seems like they're they're treating it with a lot of respect. It's just really weird. It's really weird. Now it's it, it at least with the soldiers, it's based off their interviews. You said they also interviewed people on the other side. Yes, that that's what they're claiming. They interviewed um, now that enough time has passed, like they were able to get in closer with people. Uh, maybe not directly in with like you know like the terrorist groups, but like people who lived in Fallujah at the time. So like they said they interviewed over a hundred people on both sides to like get a full descriptive you know like scenario. But like I just don't see how something that that intense and that political can be turned into a video game. Right. Like it's <laughs> it's very weird the concept of you being being aware of these real stories. And playing a game holding a gun. If you notice, if you watch the trailer, you're playing as the people that they're interviewing. Mm-hmm. You're playing yeah. as real soldiers. And that just adds another wrinkle of like almost kind of grossness because like you're going to be killing people. And maybe that's what they want you to feel. They want you to feel sad and stuff like that. But I'm like, I kind of play Call of Duty to like be a hero and stuff. Like, I don't know if people want to play this type of game. It seems really bold and risky, but also like. And also it's, like, it's just unclear what the what the because there's no objectivity possible like what is the political message behind it what are you trying to say with doing this this way yeah because you could just have a documentary about fallujah but you're not doing that you're making it a video game you have to have a reason and what is the reason going to be and my last my staple on this will be um in one of the call of duty games there's a really poignant moment of like where you're at a funeral, um, like a military funeral, and you have like you know all the guards and they're doing their 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 21 gun salute, and you go up to the casket 
and, he, and then it says, press F to pay respects. And it's just like a moment of like, oh my God, video games are so stupid. Oh my God. And it, <laughs> it takes you out of this moment. It's supposed to be serious, but it's like, press F to pay respects. And it's like a meme on the internet. And I'm like, this feels like this is going to be that game where it's like trying so hard to be real. And then it's like, press X to save this man's life. And I'm like, ah, it's a video game still. Like, there's a certain disconnect when you get real, real. Um, and I just don't know if we need this. But yeah. it's getting made. It's weird. I, th- I think it's weird. Uh, a Writer's Odyssey Ultimate trailer. Hey, guys. You want to hear about the biggest movie China's making? Sure. I'm going to tell you about it. Parallel worlds co-mingle with initially intriguing but... Pr- oh, sorry. Parallel worlds co-mingle uh, centered on a desperate father whose search for his missing daughter draws him into a plot to assassinate the author of an online fantasy novel called Odyssey. Uh, so he's he's searching for his daughter both in the real world and in this fantasy world because he's and they're written, he's paralleling it. He's written her into the into the book. No, no. So the dad who's looking for her is trying to assassinate the guy who's writing the story. Huh. High concept, and I like it. Lots of lots of lots of shit going on in this. I'm into yeah. it. I'm yeah, into it. It looks it looks wild. It looks bonkers. Um. And like, yeah, like they- very, uh, very certain shots. I'm like, man, this is China going like, man, we love Endgame. Oh, yeah. Let me tell yeah. you what. We love those Avengers movies, guys. Oh, yeah, we do. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought this looked great. I'm really excited for this. It looked it looked really out there in a in a cool way. Big bonkers movie. Yeah, yeah. Almost reminded me of, of uh, 47 Ronin wanted to be. Sure, Ooh, yeah. sure. That also had a good trailer, bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I enjoy how how Forty Seven Ronin ended. Actually, I thought that was ballsy. I don't remember. All right, the Vault. So there's like movie theater movies and straight to DVD movies, and then there's like this nebulous in between, <laughs> and this is definitely the nebulous in between. That's Saban Films. That's their whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this looks um. Like 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 point, a good cast not being used to their best. Yeah, this looks like like point one percent more than just a generic like heist movie. I feel like, like if, Bruce Willis, if Bruce Willis was in it, it would take it down a notch. Yes, but I, I I do feel like this is a movie he would appear in. They were just lucky enough to get a better cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like this is the Italian job that's trying too hard. The the Wisconsin job. Um, I, I also feel like. I also feel like you can be more creative with your title, baby. Come on. The Vault? I mean, I'm glad to see the the actor who played Davos Seagorth from Game of Thrones doing more stuff because he was one of my favorite characters and actors in that show. And it's like, okay, I uh, don't know what else. I mean, mean, if it's on a stream service, I got nothing to watch. I might watch it. But other than that, it's like, all right, it's there. It's a heist movie. I do like heist movies. I'll just yeah. watch Man again. I mean, I don't think it looks terrible. No, I'm not. I no, yeah, for me, it just looks like generic, like fine. It fine. just looks like I. I feel like there are literally hundreds of other heist films I haven't seen that I probably like. Better. Exactly. If I'm gonna watch a heist movie, I'd rather watch one of the better ones I haven't seen. Yeah. Did you ever see that David Tennant movie that he did with Dean Devlin? Who's like the he was like the serial killer one. No, no, but I wanted to because I, oh, I thought it looked Comic-Con. kind of generic. And then all of a sudden it, I heard people being like, yo, it's not. And I'm like, what? I, I really liked it. 
yeah, but I haven't, but I don't know because I heard that I didn't look into like what's up mm-hmm. because I didn't want to know anything. I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta just watch that at some point. Word. I like that movie. I might, I might watch it again sometime. Mm-hmm. All right, happily, not a Saban films movie. I'm, I don't know what's happening in this, and I'm like so into it. Yeah. Like, is this a secret, like, sci-fi thing? Like, what's going on? Yeah, because he walks in and is like, we're going to make you normal with these injections. Yeah, like, oh, like, He's like, I'm going like, to beat your head in. We're, like, in the depths of WandaVision, so, like, I'm getting those weird, like, like suburban, like, fake suburban vibes, and I'm like, this is cool, and I like that it's not just, like, fully revealing what's yeah. going on. Yeah, and um, it's, like, sometimes a comedy, and I'm like, you know, this might be bad, but at least I really don't know what's up. Yeah, and I like Joel McHale a lot, so, like, I, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, is is this a comedy? Is this a horror? Is this a, what? What's this do with the briefcase coming? What's? I think it's they, gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a black comedy, yeah. a dark comedy. It kind of like when uh, they got into like the house. Got, no, so when they got into the house and you saw the room with all the guns, and then all the other like guests showed up. I was like, is this gonna be like a ready or not situation where they either have to the couple has to conform or everyone else is gonna hunt them down and kill them? Okay. Mm. Uh, the girl, the 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 other girl in this, she was in Santa Clarita Diet, and she had a uh, uh, one episode of Mr. Mayor that was very funny. Ooh, howdy doody! All right, you ready for it? Dread it, run from it. But Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming all the same. Hell yeah, it is. Like how you uh, Thanos's quote there from Avengers. The. Uh, the, the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League is out. I only have one question. Is this movie in full screen? No. Why are all the trailers in full screen? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The answer is yes. Sorry. Yes. It, it is. It is. It is. Because it it, it's supposed to be IMAX, I think. But so IMAX I, is in full screen. I have a theory. Oh. I have a theory that some of the footage he wanted to use, for whatever reason, he was only able to get four or three copies of it. And then he had to make a decision like, okay, maybe I crop the whole movie to 4-3 and call it an artistic decision or I lose the scene. Yeah. And he decided, I think I'm going to crop the whole movie and call it an artistic decision. Artie. Yeah. Cut the tops. Do what Dragon Ball Z did. Ew. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, what do we think about the trailer all in all, regardless of its weird aspect ratio? I'm actually very positive on it. It removed from my, myself from the situation and, you know, my own personal biases. Um, if I was just watching this as a trailer, I think this looks like a pretty cool action movie. Um, I still think like the the Joker thing sucks. Like I, it, I want to, I want to, I want to live in a world where like, I want to see Ben Affleck's Batman who I do like, like I am seeing more of the Ben Affleck that I like from BVS in this trailer than I did in all of justice league. Mm-hmm. Like those reshoots, like Ben Affleck doesn't give a shit. It feels like, um whereas this like i see the man's vision coming to an end it might visually look kind of uh like the 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 cgi on some of the stuff might look bad but like at least it's tonally in line with what he wanted to make i think the the trailer has a nice uh, a nice kind of epic tone to it um it's four hours as long as a long movie (laughs) i just think uh if i was a kid i i saw flash doing some cool stuff and wonder woman doing some cool stuff and like uh, I saw Granny Goodness for the first time, and I think that looks pretty cool. I like Granny Goodness. Oh, that a lot. Granny Goodness in the back. Yeah, I wish she was like like a like a like a big Ed Asner lady. A big Bertha. I wish she was like a big like a like a yeah. Ed Asner is still the, the the best Granny Goodness of all time. That voice actor. Um, um, but like, it's still like it's still 
I'm being positive on it, but like it's still gonna be a Zack Snyder movie that I'm like not really looking forward to seeing. Like, you know. I think like I talked to Ryan about this before the podcast, but like being as removed as possible, I think like something that just as a person who likes comics and comic book movies, mm-hmm. and that's that's the amount I'm bringing to it. Dark Side looks like a waste. Yeah, he just looks uh, like, like a he just villain. looks like any yeah. generic comic book movie villain, like in the lamest way, like like on the level of the Destroyer and Thor. Absolutely. And I'm like, that's that's pretty sucky. Um, I think also like if I am bringing my own like stuff to it, uh, for me the like most wasted thing in BVS is the nightmare sequence. While visually cool, it lacks entirely any substance or context. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we'll be revisiting it, I'd have to say I'm like far less than excited. Yeah. Uh, I find I find that whole thing. I think the worst part about it is that I highly suspect that it's actually still going to lack con like real substance because it will lack resolution because this movie will not have an ending. Yeah. Because it was still always designed to have a part two, which is not done. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, as we were talking about this earlier sparks, like, um, Steppenwolf, I still think is going to be the bad guy of this movie. Like the dark side is not going to suddenly become the big bad. He's just going to be a much more like bigger presence. But again, like in the first Avengers movie, Thanos isn't the big bad, but he is there, even if it's, you know, in the background and a post credit scene. But like Darkseid's going to be there. But like, I, I think he's I think he, Zack Snyder is amping Darkseid up for the fans, uh, maybe to the detriment, because like, I don't think he's going to be in it that much. I think he's going to be in that flashback scene, maybe, maybe at the end. And that's it. And he will be set up for a movie that will never come out. I think, go ahead, Ben. I think Darkseid is only I mean, yeah, Darkseid is Darkseid should just been, been like a cameo. I feel that even in the original Justice League with the first one that came out, because I was, I mean, when Steppenwolf says for Darkseid, I was thinking, oh, are we going to get like some sort of Darkseid cameo? Are we, because we still thought that, yeah. the, that the DCEU, what, what that was called it back then, they were going to bring out more Justice League films. Mm-hmm. They did. And now we're getting the first film just longer with more stuff added to it. I, I know you guys are talking, saying like, oh, I'm, I'm removed from this. It's like, I'm watching this. Like, this is just the same movie, but longer with more stuff. And I still don't feel that even with the added stuff, it's going to be any better than the first one we got. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. This is, this is not me saying that the movie is going to be better. I just think like, this is a fine looking trailer. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what, that's where I'm coming at. Yeah. It fine. I mean, I kind of do like Superman in the black suit, but I also agree with Sparks. I like Superman in a bright blue suit and we're not getting that. Yeah, but also, like, at this point, like, literally eight years removed, like, I'm over trying to want a blue, a dark, uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 the original Man of Steel, because guess what? It's literally been eight years. I'm over trying to get that. We're going to get that with the next yeah. incarnation. Like, this is the one we're getting, so it's hard for me to stay mad literally eight years into this. Like, I just hard for me to care. Like, we're they, they are throwing this to the fans to shut them up. So, like, it's just hard for me to get mad at it, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I, I It's not, it's, I don't think, like, where I land is, like, you know, mad or or frustrated or angry about it, but more just like I, I, Brandon has a good point of like, you know, why, why did this version have to be this way? And I, and I think it's, it's credible, especially when you have like shots in this trailer that are the same shots that more or less that you can see in the Wheaton uh, justice league. And you can see where he's pulled all the color out of it. That was, that was, could have been there. Yeah. Uh, shots of wonder woman or flash where it's like, you know, they are saturated out to hell and all these kind of things. And it's like, I just, I, I I I kind of agree with Brandon in that sense where it's like it's still I still think it's valid to just sit here and kind of wonder like I just why why is this why why does he think this looks better 
visually like on a visual component yeah. uh like uh, this is like Snyder's best thing is his structure i'm not talking about his visual structure but the color the color grading the the tonal level of what he thinks these characters should look like uh it just baffles me also cyborg in some of those shots still just oh, looks, he looks like awful. so bad absolutely yeah. so bad this is what happens when you try to rush a four-hour cgi heavy movie that's going uh, so expensive yeah like no matter how much money you throw at it like you're you're making a bunch of people work from home and during a pandemic to try to make this movie look good like you know, yeah what yeah. are you gonna do i mean it's it's coming i know i'm gonna watch it but this mm. I, I mean I, i'm done I'm really just done talking about this damn movie. The other thing that, like, just just on that similar level, like I sit there and I go, I'm like, why does he think this version of Steppenwolf looks better? Hey man, <laughs> like I, with all the extra no, I get reflective it. spikes. Hey man, it's it's he, less that he, he's like, a metal. He's 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 edge lord extreme. No, like, I know it's, it's less it's, it's less just, like a yeah. thing where I sit there and I and I'm upset than more a thing where I sit there and I'm like, I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get why. Listen, he's the kid from Toy appeal. Story who used to make all Sid. those Sid. He's Sid who grew up and now he gets to make his Batman murder people. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's not for any of us here, but there is a market, unfortunately, there. And and luckily, that's not the main market anymore. It is the side market. Right. We are I mean, getting a new Batman movie that's more in line with what we want. Um, I, I, will, I will try my absolute damnedest to go when I do finally sit down and watch this movie to look at it critically and just not hate it for the sake of hating it i'm sure it's still gonna be bad like this i'm, I'm sure saying it's gonna be and then i'm not yeah. gonna lie if all this the center cut people which they won't but if they do there's that slim chance that they will will rise up well not rise up we'll say that hey this is actually a very bad movie i will just sit back and enjoy the implosion while eating my popcorn it's going to happen on all sides. Everyone's going to have every opinion on it. It's kind of a nonsense comment, but I told Ryan it anyway, and I'll say it now. Like, watching this trailer, generally what I would usually say is that this looks overstuffed as hell. Like, there's way too much going on. But then, you know, it's a four-hour movie, so it kind of kind of evens out. Yep. But even then, I'm kind of going, I don't know. I mean, I know a rough idea of what the bare bones of this is, and I still think this looks a little stuffed, even that it's four like hours. It's like have a four-cheese tortellini. But Zack Snyder decided to put 16 more cheeses in there. No, you can't say that, Ben, because that's exactly what I eat. And and Brandon loves cheese, too. You can't. You got to use a different analogy. That sounds Brandon great. loves cheese so much that people know when he asks for ketchup, he means cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh... <laughs> All right. Shit, shall we move on? There are the, actually, I'm yeah, did you have any last, uh, last thoughts with none of us saying anything about it that you wanted to share, Brandon? No, I have nothing else to say about the Snyder Cut. Okay, cool. Or is that no, as a person? No, All right. Just Torlini. I can't have Torlini because of my diet. Damn. <laughs> Let's move yeah. into our main topic then. All right, we are here to talk about Love and Monsters, the new Dylan O'Brien movie. Been out for a little while. Now it's on DVD. Check it out. Full spoilers. Full spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything about it, bail. The last warning. What do we all think of this one? Ben, you go first. I I had a fun time with this movie. I had a fun time with the adventure. Um, I love the characters. And now that I think about it, I was like, this could be a good Monster Hunter movie. It kind of is. I mean, it's not really a Monster Hunter movie. It's a runaway from monsters and monsters hunt you. But I still had a good time. I really enjoyed it. 
Monster Hunter in a different way. Sparks? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I was I was really... There were constantly moments where I went, oh, really, movie? Oh, this movie? Okay, <laughs> all right. And like always in positive ways, I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, movie, you go places I didn't think you'd go. Good job. <laughs> Ryan? I had a wonderful time. I really like the world. I think the monster design is fantastic. It's a it's a relatively low budget movie while still having really good special effects and knows how to use them really well. Uh, I like the characters. Uh, when I thought it was going to become generic with a certain plot point, it didn't, and I'm really thankful that it didn't. Um, I don't I don't really think I have too many complaints, but I also don't think I I think it's a pretty simple, just a simple, really really well done monster movie, and the kind of ones like it is like an adventure movie that you don't get a lot of. Uh, so I, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. Pretty great. Yeah. I loved it too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I thought this was a good time. A very inventive, fun kaiju movie. Uh, mm-hmm. fun, fun lead. I really, uh, great characters. Had a great time. I, uh, Dylan O'Brien, I know he, he, I don't know if he was the Maze Runner kid. Was he the Maze yes. Runner guy? Okay. Uh, he got like real hurt making those movies. I don't know if you guys remember, if you guys know that. He got hurt making one of them. Yeah. yeah, like he was like out for like a year. Like he almost like got like, killed or something. Um, he also made, uh, he got a start on Teen Wolf, MTV's Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Um, yeah, I'm not super familiar with him. I think he's, I think he's really charming. He's I think really he's, good. He's like a really good, like almost like a Peter Parker type of kid. Like I think um, he's a good lead. Yeah. He almost oh, yeah, got yeah. Peter Parker this round. Yeah, he was in the running. Damn, that would have been that would have been all right. I wouldn't have hated that. Yeah, um, Dylan Bright, he's he's got that same like uh, Adam Brody energy. Yeah, when oh. Adam Brody was like doing the OC and stuff. Very much. Yeah. Who, who's the Iron Fist girl? Jessica Jessica Henwick, uh, oh, our sure. our current Iron Fist. Which Hell is yeah! Cool. Uh, I don't know if they watched the new season. They don't know. So that. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know that they ever will, yeah. but it's dope as hell. Hey, uh, I don't care, audience members, if you never watched the Netflix Iron Fish season two, you should have because this lady became Iron Fist. Hell yeah, she's great. Um, do we see the dragon? Did they punch the dragon? You, ooh, I, I don't think you see the dragon. No, no, no. But, you, but the daughters of the dragon are there because Misty has her robot arm and she has her cool iron blade. Zoom! Just, just show me a dragon. We see the skeleton in the defenders. No, no. You wanna you wanna get me, you show me a dragon. Show me a dragon. <laughs> Tangled showed me a dragon. What about a giant crab that gets electrocuted a lot? That's pretty cool. All right, cool. There were then we won. There we go. Yeah. They, that got me. And when the dog disappeared, the uh, part way towards the towards the end of the movie, boy, I looked up. I was like, does the dog die in love and monster? <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> he was coming back buddy i was like on on the moment that the dog goes on the journey with him. no the moment when the dog goes with him rather than with michael rooker and is looking and he's like i really think we should go with michael rooker <laughs> i'm just saying and i'm like yo you kill the dog i'll be so mad yeah everyone uh, i mean okay when the dog first comes on screen i go "Ooh, puppy Literally, that's what I said when I was watching this movie. Yeah, I, uh, and I fell in love with Boy. I don't mind. I don't mind looking up doesthedogdie.com for certain yeah. movies. Oh, Sometimes I need to. That's funny. Uh, speaking of the dog, like I thought going into it, the dog was going to be Michael Rooker's. That's how we were going to meet him. Me too. I thought that's what it was. And the fact that it wasn't, the fact that it was just this dog who had an owner and the owner got killed and the dog's just kind of been sad about it. And like he was completely reading that dog's like emotional levels of what was going on with it and about the dress. I was like, yo, 
good job movie yeah, yeah. that was really good and then the, he's like yo man we're both alone you want to come and the dog's like hell yeah good hell dog. yeah I want to come. <laughs> good dog the actually. best dog in the world i yeah. want to come is, and I'm like, also i just I, love how the dog is able to close the door to the yeah. bus mm-hmm. and even and joel's like wow that's that's really cool I love the 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 premise of the movie of like how the how the kaiju got started. Um, yes, mm-hmm. uh, I love. I it's such a simplistic idea, but really good. Okay, all cold blooded things get bigger. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, extraordinarily simple, but very well, effective. Because like it starts with like uh, it's funny because I. I'm writing a, a mecha RPG thing and my thing involves meteors. So I was like, oh, that's funny. They're doing something like, like they're doing a similar thing, but they did something completely different. It was they destroy the meteor, but all the radiation and all like, all like the bad shit that happened from all the bombs and the meteor and like radiated all, all the, all the animals on the earth. And I think that's a pretty cool idea. Instead of like just a meteor landing and a bunch of monsters being here. It's like, no, we did this to ourselves. Oopsies. Well, I thought the, the opening is very effective with the drawings of seeing how oh, yeah. everything happened. And it's, it opens up so many, fun questions about this world that doesn't need to be answered in this movie but like what happened to the whales oh like yeah. what other what other cold-blooded sea life was enlarged and become like well, whales, whales whales aren't cold-blooded no right i now. know but like with like no no longer are the whales the biggest thing in the sea right yeah we probably all eco life is screwed. Yeah. Oh, I kind of want to see. Okay, now I kind of wish I saw like a crocodile sort of thing. I, you imagine the saltwater crocs from Australia getting radiated and turning into like these giant Godzilla-sized monsters? Well, you saw Rampage, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I actually never did. Oh well. I was uh I was anticipating a giant snake, and we never really got the giant snake. Here's the thing: when so immediately, not like immediately, but partway through, I turned to to my girlfriend who were watching this, who's seen this. And I say, snakes are cold blooded. <laughs> so there's that one shot where he's walking on the bridge next to the water as the water's moving like that, and I'm like, yeah. that's a snake. Oh yeah. Uh, and I and I remained like confident that that was a snake, and I thought we were gonna see, yeah, we're gonna see big snake, but that was the most we got. I uh, I would have lost it. I know. Oh yeah. God. I I liked I liked the idea that there's um uh not all monsters are like quote unquote evil. Like there yeah. are like kind monsters. Oh, the snail. Um, the snail. Uh, okay. And then with the crab, and I thought that was a really cool like callback. Mm-hmm. I did too. This movie did its callbacks well. I I really was glad they introduced that because it made it like clear that, hey, by the way, they're animals. Yeah, they are just animals. Yeah, I know they're they're like monstrously big and everything, but like they're just doing what animals do, what those animals do, and not every crab is gonna is going to eat something like that. Not every snail is going to attack you. Like, it's, that's not how it's going to be. What was the first monster that he encountered? Because, like, it wasn't CGI. I it thought was it was like, some kind of ant. Okay, it was, like, practical. And, like, it came oh, yeah. over. Like, it, riz, it, it, it rose up. It looks really good. And, like, it, yeah, it was, like, a full-on practical, like, puppet. And I'm like, that thing's so gross. And it also, like, transitioned to CG. And I'm like, this whole movie looks great. Uh, like I believed all of it. Um, like, like when you're journeying, like obviously, like they CGI'd uh, grass and all like the electrical poles and stuff. But like, this is like a really good looking movie, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like the way this movie looked. I also really like the designs of the monsters. I thought they were very unique and and uh, interesting. The Mavis scene, by the way, uh, oh, holy shit! Yeah, Ooh, that was. I was not expecting a scene that emotional right there. The, the moment the moment that the Mavis was introduced and it's like, yeah, one doesn't work. And I'm like, cool. So we're seeing a Mavis function at some point. Uh-huh. And the way they did it, I'm like, the, the, the way it's just like, tell me your name. And he's like, okay. And then it's like, here's your mother. 
what would Whoa. you say to your mother where she <laughs> and I'm like damn Mavis who programmed you to be like this this is nuts you come out heavy holy shit and then he talks to his mom and then when she and then when she's like would you like to hear a song he's like yeah and then she starts playing stand by me I'm like damn yeah yeah I I, I love that scene there was there was a lot of emotional intelligence in that AI. Um, yeah, Mavis was a good scene. Well, she he even says it's like, yeah, it was it was really good for me, like emotionally. Yeah. Well, uh, one of my favorite characters is actually Michael Rooker and Willow. Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, when they get him out of the pit and they're teaching him all this all the stuff, and he's like drawing, and they're and I'm actually really glad that they are not in the whole movie. Because yeah. part of me thought, okay, they're gonna go with him to find Amy, and then Amy's probably not gonna be who she says they are, and then he's gonna escape with them to go up to the mountains. I really like they actually do split ways, and he uses the knowledge he learned from them to survive. Yeah, like, uh, piggy piggybacking off that, I think Ryan and I were both of the same mind that going into this, Michael Rooker was basically gonna be Yondu again. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was gonna be the character's attitude. I was so relieved that that wasn't the character. Um, I and, was, and I, was, I thought yeah. he was going to be through the whole movie just like Ben Ben said. I thought he was going to be like the you know Dylan O'Brien's there, but, but, but Michael Rooker's the guy really doing it. And the fact that they committed to the like, nah, then he he goes on his path. I hundred percent thought Michael Rooker was going to stay around forever or like die or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And, and they went know. neither of those paths, and I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, there there is a moment where there where he's talking to himself, thinking like perhaps uh, perhaps Amy's found a found a found a new guy, maybe the. How what are the odds that there's an attractive guy on this on this yacht captain thing? And when the yacht captain comes out, I turned to Zara and I said, Well, damn, he's the most gorgeous man alive. Oh yeah, the captain, yeah. I I immediately knew he was a bad guy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um I will say the the, the thing that I, I didn't know he was that bad. No, he I thought he was just gonna be like an asshole. I didn't think he was gonna be like, I'm gonna kill you all. I, I, I thought he, I definitely thought it was gonna be like they were gonna get on the yacht and he's like Actually, you're my captive now, but I'm a charming slave man. But like, he, he yeah, he's he's a big butthole. Yeah. Um, I, I thought when he met when he met up with Jessica Henwick, what was what was, what was her name? Amy. 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 Um, I thought it was just gonna be oh we are back together and then they're gonna like have love blah 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 and then it's gonna have like a forced drama that they're gonna break up and get back together. I'm glad it wasn't that. I'm glad it's like yo it's been like seven years and like I found someone he died and like I'm not really feeling this right now. Like I'm glad that they had to work back into it. Uh, I didn't mind because sometimes I do I do hate when like couples are forced to get together. I do think it naturally worked itself out in a way that I liked. I don't know about you guys. No, no, I, I, no I agree. I agree. No, I, I was actually scared that um, they were going to – it would be like the forced thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was pulling for them to get together because, you know, um, he's this one guy who has this mind on this – who has his heart, his heart set on this one girl, and she he finds out she's alive. It could have been one of the stories where she finds out that she's been dead for like five plus years or whatever. But, and they're still talking to each other. And when he does get there, I, even I thought it was like, it's been seven years. And she tells him, I was like, yeah, I found someone he met a lot and he's gone. It's like, ooh. Yeah. And he even realizes, like, oh, yeah, it's as I've been obsessing over you for the past seven years and you moved on. I really like that that leads him to go back to his colony. That's what's so good. Yeah, all all of that, uh, all of that really speaks to I think what what I love so much about the movie is every time I thought it would zig, it zagged. Yeah. Uh, like I I never could one hundred percent nail down what it was going to do next. Um, like the moment where it brings the crab out 
at the end. I'm like, yo, movie, I don't like. I you always surprise me. Yeah, like there's like a fish that had legs, but it's like that's just a big ass crab. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Okay. Uh, the the millipede monster. Um, that like the dog gets stuck in between like the play the the playground. What the most a horrible scene in my life. Yeah, that was horrifying. Like that was like I was super stressed. That was a good yeah, scene. yeah. Uh, I was like, don't you dare kill that puppy. Don't you I think dare they do. do it. I think they do a great job of creating a believable arc of him, like learning skills, getting better at it, uh, having started as this like guy who has a huge problem with freezing up. And the thing that makes him overcome it is like something he truly cares about being threatened, which is the dog in that scene. Um, All of that really worked for me. And that the message of the film wasn't about him and Amy getting together. What it was about is that because of that, it made him take this trip that made him go, yo, I think we all should actually try and live on the surface and have a life again and, and we should actually move together towards the north where we can make things functional because the world's still really cool even as the there are these things that we have to be aware of yeah which is really just like living in, in a like conceptually where they reach at the end of the film is less like they are monsters and more at like yo they're the animals of the world it's now we have to learn how to live with nature again that's yep. all that's really yeah. what it comes down to we have to relearn how to do this Absolutely. and and uh snow spiders and at the end, Michael Rooker's like, he'll never get past the snow spiders. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, this is like, not everything needs to be franchised out or everything, but like, I really like this world and I really like the characters. Like, I would love, like, like, like a TV show, like following like somebody in this world or like, cause like you brought up, it feels like Zombie Land, um, like in a way, but like, I like this like way more than like Zombie Land. Um, but like I would read a comic like following like the, the further adventures of these people. And stuff. The other thing I brought up is that I'm like, man, it's just because we read it recently. But wow, centipede vibes, and I was really feeling that. Uh, but I didn't say it to Ryan, and then we and then hit, the acid then we hit the, the leeches, making him look like he's on drugs. And I'm like, I was gonna say that this is like centipede without the drug trip, but here we are. I got a man <laughs> trying to prove himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I just. I thought everything was executed really well. I think one of the things I really enjoyed, again, it kind of plays to the zig and zag in the way that I'm going to bring it up. But um, this, this, I think they did an excellent job of very quickly with even side characters addressing the concept of loss and how like, I, I really like the line where he says like, you'd think you'd get used to it. You don't. And you're just seeing like characters you're never going to really spend time with, but like where they put their pictures that they still have of people and how they're still thinking of them and how they still honor them. And then the fact that when Michael Rooker and the girl show up, that they are not actually father daughter. Um, she is the kid of someone else and he had, he lost his kid. Mm-hmm. And when he says, I'm sorry. And he's like, you know, don't be like, we all have that story. Don't we? Yeah. Like everybody around has that story at this point. I also love like the, th- when he learns he's from Fairfield and he's like, yo man, that's badass. Nobody like, made, out. nobody made it out of Fairfield. <laughs> like. <laughs> I yeah, that's that was- really cool seeing that flashback too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and, and again, like seeing, I just love seeing just like a giant ant attack a town. Like they're 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 in this car, and then they just they see like the flares go up, and then you see it. Just there's like boy, a do I, boy, do I have a movie for you? Ants, uh, <laughs> them, them, yeah, them. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I I just I thought that the flashbacks the flashbacks were good and they were utilized well. Mm-hmm. Um, they were paced well throughout the film. All, all of the creature moments were done really well. The emotion that he has, both between the dog and other people. God, him and the dog. He really yeah. sold me in that relationship. Good, dog. Good lord. Yeah, uh, but, but like the whole progression of him throughout the film just feels very 
very real and sincere and like it, it moves correctly i love ca- good character arc. oh yeah yeah exactly um and and i thought that that it just all really meshed well together and i think this is like the director's like second movie like and their first movie wasn't very big um so i and also because this this movie was shelved because of the pandemic for a bit like i don't know how well it's doing i know critically it's doing really well people really like this movie yeah. from everything i've seen um i just wonder if like it's gonna get swept under the rug because when it came out unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah it, it might you know it goes back to what i talked about how like i've talked mm-hmm. about studios need to make concessions certain concessions that movies just aren't going to do as well as they would have yeah uh so yeah. you gotta like react accordingly yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I definitely like. I'd like to think that if this had come out in theaters and I'd heard the buzz, I would have gone to the theater for this. Yeah. Um, like I kind of regret that I didn't. Any monster uh, movie I want to go to, yeah. like this. I in some ways I think this would have been a great drive-through movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I I think this is this is a really solid film. I think that it uses its time well. It's, it is stuffed with a lot, but I don't feel like it ever feels overstuffed. I never felt dragged. No. No, yeah, I think it. I think it all flows together really well. Um, it, everything just delivered in such a great way. Uh, yeah. What's the line? One of the captain's uh, guards, <laughs> he sees a giant crab coming. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're dying. Oh, we're dying. Yeah, we're <laughs> dying. He's like, oh, we're dead. We're dying. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that murdered us. Oh yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that crab eats them. Um, I will say there's one bit about this movie that like it really doesn't detract. Everything else is so good that it doesn't matter. However. I do think that they lay it on a little too thick to do the radio went out at an important part of the conversation. Oh, we did it multiple times. Three times. Yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, yeah. For him. And I'm like, that's... And, and, like, and like the third time, they didn't even bother for the reason. Like, at least with the second time, it was Mavis. And the first time, it was like a, a power running issue. Mm-hmm. But the third time, it's just like, just, just stopped. Yeah, I guess. And you're like, come on, man, like three times in one movie. You're like, that's a lot. It's it's him. He's giving off an electromagnetic uh, pulse. He's just so like it's, it's it just it didn't allow because it, it's that same moment. He's on the radio with them and he could have still just been having the conversation with them and then saw the the berries that were bad yeah. and made that and that made him leave. And they're like, yo, man, Joel, what happened? Joel and that would have worked just as well but they went a third time for the radio cutout on there and Bitney's like guys guys what happened and I'm like come on See, that's what, too many times that could have worked if he if he made a joke like how many times is this gonna happen to me but like it's just right. like man this really does happen all the time that's like yeah the uh, food stealer joke really did work that's especially a good with the one, payoff yeah. that the, like the yacht captain is like he's a food stealer and he's like you know you're right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i love how it was how it was michael rooker mavis and everyone and the people of the new colony were like she's still food? Food? food he's like why does everyone think that no mavis was my favorite one where she's like why are you away from your colony did you steal food <laughs> and he's like no her condescending Tarn- yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um, oh, I love, the, I love the sky jellies. I just want to make mention of them. I didn't even think that they'd do something like that, but that was really cool. No, that's so, cute. Yeah. So I really don't like jellyfish, like at all. Like that's one of the things I really, as much as I love swimming in the ocean, I just don't like jellyfish. But I did think the sky jelly scene was pretty cool. Still, jellyfish, jellyfish are really pretty. Man, yeah, they're pretty, but they can kill you, and they sting you, and they sneak up on you, little bastards. You, you know, not every jellyfish can kill you, right? I know not every jellyfish can kill him, but I know they hurt a lot. The best ones make the best je- uh, um, um, jelly. Nope, um, my joke's gone. Never mind. Bye. <laughs> you, you were trying to do a SpongeBob joke. I know you were. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this, this, 
this movie is very inventive. It reminded me of Monsters, Gareth Edwards' film. Yeah, sure, sure yeah, yeah. That's an adventure uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of in that low budget feel of how like the world is different because of these creatures. And um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think just a really good job exploring that world. I do think this movie does a lot of like, you know, it lays up a thing, the food ceiling or the uh, the the berries or the Mavis and things like that, or the grenade. Like Little all of these things in. are like thrown up and you're like, I know that's coming back. Yep. <laughs> but it never it never bothered me. Like I was never, you know, like, and this is where we use this thing, or this is where we're doing the like it, it your its setups are clear, but they always feel like they're paid off in the right way. The they're right earned. Yeah, yeah, right yeah they're earned in the right way. Funny enough, uh, I was expecting him to use the hand grenade much later in the movie. But when he oh, yeah. used it against the sandworm, the, the queen sandworm, I was like, okay. And then of course when That's we get it. to the giant when we get to the crab, I'm like, okay, he's just gonna blow the crab up, and then when he looks in the eyes, arm like, cannon. Yeah. That's that was- cool. Uh, yeah, and, that's another that's another moment, like with the eyes thing, and then you're you're like he's definitely gonna encounter one that he's gonna be like it's in the eyes and and recognize that he can let it be peaceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he saves the crab. I like the crab just destroying the the yacht. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> on a similar note, I was surprised that we never saw the the tumbler again. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, come back around in some way, yeah. But we never saw it again. Post credit sequence, we didn't get. Uh, oh, scary toad, man. Yeah, that toad reminded me of the toads you had to fight in uh, um, Star Wars. All in order. Mm. Oh, Ogdo Bogdo. Yeah. yeah. Bogdo. That yeah. was his name. I remember. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I don't know if I have much more to add. Shall we? It's just really good. Like uh, I, I think more people should watch it. Um, it's it's a, it's really a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought yeah. it would be good, but I didn't expect it would be this. I good. for I completely like forgot the trailer after I saw it. So like I don't remember this movie like as I started it. I'm like oh yeah oh this started to come back to me and like it surprised me again like the good like it zigged when I thought I was going to zag. So, yeah. yeah. Oh um, my god, the map reveal when oh. he flipped over the map and it's the oh, we love you yes. and safe and i'm like man that hit good that was a good moment you're right yeah oh and I also like he broke my heart on the moment when he's on the drugs and he sees the people coming over he's like have you seen my dog i think i lost him because oh. i yelled at him and i oh. might not see him again and i'm just i thought he was about to get like murdered right and now. i was like man i hope boy comes back yeah. that was so sad. to the rescue I, I i figured boy would come back but i thought boy would come back with michael rooker Mm, yeah, yeah like okay. for like a final save yeah the only thing I feel like i didn't need was the leeches because it yeah. just more than anything just because it really didn't feel that different from any other leech scene in any other film sure. and i, yeah, I they was like look, they look kind of just like the gross leeches. they look they look gross and slightly bigger than your your typical leech but they were more or less oh leeches, my god and it I'm should like, have just been like one giant one just like oh, that's that's, ah! that, see, that's that's what i was expecting the moment that he said ow and he was pulling himself out his i'm like leg. it's gonna be a whole leech a whole leech on his that's leg. what i thought too yeah that's what i thought and and but then it's just the the leeches and i'm like that's all right i mean like it doesn't really hurt the movie but again like that's just kind of a thing where like that's that moment i just kind of went right. Eh, all right yeah great rating time yeah, yeah let's, let's rate it sparks since you said last why don't you rate it uh, 8.5 for what it is. I think it's uh, for the budget that it had for for what it's doing. I think it's really, really excellent. Um, just an impressive script with a solid cast, great production work, 
Um, I think they really sold the whole thing through and through. Uh, very little to to complain about. So solid. Really enjoyed it. Ryan? Nine. Good fun. Let, nice, just like hour, 45 minutes. Give me that plot. Give me the characters. Give me the monsters. A lot of fun. Highly recommend. Ben? I was tearing on 8.5 to a 9, but yeah, this is a 9. I I also had a huge amount of fun. Um, I love how like we keep seeing or these guys kept saying it zigged when they thought it was going to zag. Um, I love how it's not a cookie cutter love story and there it takes some chances. I mean, very little to complain about. I had a blast watching this movie. I would love to watch it again. Take a chance. Huh? I amend. I move to nine. Nine. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to say eight point five. I feel eight point five. That's okay. very good. Still, I love it all. Could be you are, the, you are the hardest to please, so that's, that's totally the, good praise. I loved Space Sweepers, and everyone else didn't. Like you are the hardest movie. to please when the rest of us are pleased. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move into our book club. Show's still going, guys. We're now here with the book club. It's my turn. Marvel's Avengers Prelude, Black Widow Strikes by Fred Van Lente. Excuse me. And a whole lot of artists. It's true. Uh, I'm not going to read them all. What do, we th- what do we think about this one? I thought it was fine. Yeah. Sparks? Yeah, I have to agree. I pretty much landed at a, like, fine. Yeah. Ben? I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think this is actually the first Black Widow comic or Black Widow centric book I've ever read. I was, that's what I was going to ask you guys, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, yeah, I also thought this was fine. Here's the thing. Here's why. I wrote, here's why I picked it. We were talking about it a bit uh, post show for for one of our I think Wandavision. Um, yeah, Figures after dark guys, come and you get these post show talks. No, and and I I remember that this is the only time really that the MCU had like a comic book that was just a story, not leading into a movie, not being an adaptation of a movie, was just a story set in the MCU. And I remember liking it because of it, and I wanted to revisit it because we were talking about it. So that's why I picked the subpar book club. I don't think it's subpar. I think that just it's it's even as it is the most ambitious of the MCU comics, it's still an MCU comic and it's still hindered by like, we can't really develop this character much. Mm. Yeah. And <laughs> because like you need the initiative of Marvel studios, like approving, like that's what I want when we were talking about this. I want them to say, yes, we're approving this story. We're working with you to tell this story in an, ex- in an extra comic form, which is really what the Disney plus shows are doing for us now, but like to, to explore the world in that direction and do something. So like, cause I, I wanted to know, yo, what was that first year? Like for Steve after the Avengers event happened, but before we see him in winter soldier, like, yo, what was he doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was up? How was that adjustment? Uh, like there, there's stuff to mine there and they don't give the permission to like really actually mine it. Uh, in general and black widow is a, a pretty prime example where they have like their their signposts of how far they can range on her yeah and it's not very wide um i do like that like it it does feel like hit her and colson connect a, in a way that feels 
solidly in line with how we see them behaving in Avengers. And I do think that works. I'll tell you one thing that really bothered me, but I got it. I understood why, but it bothered me that every time like Coulson's checking in with her, he's just always constantly watching view screens of events that have already happened in the MCU. Just the Avengers. And he's just like, I'm just going to constantly have yeah, yeah. every Marvel movie before this moment on screen. It's and I'm like, the, the audience know he's, he's just a, to never let you forget. But like, yeah. and it wouldn't bother me as much. Like there's one panel where he's not looking directly at it, but then there's like another panel where like, he's talking to her, but he's watching those screens with the other heroes on it. And I'm like, watch, watch a screen related to what she's doing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh, so I, Oh, uh, uh, oh yeah. Um, I've read every single Black Widow comics that's come out in the last 10 years. She's had probably like four or five series that's gone on with various miniseries. And they've all, for the most part, been really, really good. Uh, that's the thing about the movies. They luckily allow more comics to get made of those characters. Um, uh, so, like, this this is probably the worst Black Widow comic I've ever read. Like, no, no offense to the choice you made. No offense to, to Fred Van Lente. But this just feels like like Black Widow number 17, like the off issue where she does one of her random missions in between arcs. So I told Ryan, uh, because I read this on Marvel Unlimited, and the way the, the way the Marvel Unlimited app works, I kind of forget if I haven't gone to it for a little bit, is that when you pop up a series, the latest issue is at the top. Yeah. And I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> so I read most of issue three first. Yeah. <laughs> because where issue three starts doesn't feel weird. Because she's and that's starting kind to be of, a model. And that's so, kind of yeah. a good, like, now, if I'd read issue two, I would have been lost. Yes. But issue three, uh, it, it kind of, like, really captures that ancillary feel of what I'm describing, which is just, you just feel like you're just popping in for this this interlude, and it's not allowed to really say something. Yeah. Um, um, one of my issues with this book is the art. Um, I don't know if I said these artists, but I don't, comic book tie-in arts art, art, art is never um they do the best of what they can i guess but they always end up being really crowded and really wordy and uh because they don't have a lot of pages to work with what they what they need to so the art is really hindered by the fact that there's just so much happening on one page you can have like multiple panels going crisscross everywhere with huge bubbles in the middle of them yeah also just like between three issues like there's a different artist on like each issue yeah. Uh, and like I think the best artist is the first issue artist because like there's a drastic like a drastic yeah decline. I think in even issue three, I think even might even get worse. Um issue three is pretty solid when it gets to the Sophia and her ending. Oh, like, the, the, the fight ending out? where okay, they yeah. face off with each other yeah. all the way to the last. I, I'm panels. just thinking of issue two, and I think issue two is my favorite. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I, it just feels like issue two, she just doesn't even look like she's trying to look like Scarlett Johansson at all. Not at like, all. Like they no. don't even care. Um, and they're and they also like they tastelessly keep her in her underwear half the time of this comic yep 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 oh yeah uh, whether it's a bathing suit or underwear or whatever yeah. like you know that's just that's so just I, the majority of what she does i thought that like what they what they do sometimes with the Italians, like i thought they were going to use a a minor villain that they were never using a movie to be her villain but it just turns out to be a black widow super fan and i just think that's a really odd choice for a villain considering like i i mean She's supposed to be like one of the most secretive like assassins on the planet. I know she works for Shield now, so she's a little more open. Uh, it's just it's just such an odd. Uh, it's just I found it to be a really weird choice for like this is the first Marvel comic of this Black Widow. It's about a, like a teenage girl who's obsessed with her. I thought that could have worked 
in the sense that like I like when she says you can call me Sophia it's the name of the place where I first saw you I thought that was a good a good idea sure. yeah, yeah and I like her whole motivation of like you you've gone soft so I'm going to become the black okay, widow I, will say... I want to take the mantle of that yes, but the whole okay. thing is that like Natasha is saying what she wants to do is stop her from pursuing that path because it's terrible yeah and that's what she's trying to correct her life from mm -hmm. but when you get to issue three Natasha's entirely abandoned that concept like she's not trying to save Sophia at all anymore. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And I and I wish that that was. This is where like I wish this was it had a whole extra issue where like when Sophia and Natasha get to each other, it's just a whole issue of them con conversing because that's yeah. the part I care about. I don't care. Like if I want to watch the action beats of the MCU, that's what I go to the movies for. If yeah. I want to get some character stuff going, that's what I want the comics to do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, this book also collected Tales of Suspense number fifty-two, so the first appearance of Black Widow. Uh, what do we think about that, that classic? What a goofy! I love old comic book guys because Iron Man, like Boris, shoots him with like a water gun, and Iron Man's like, "Ah, oh, Boris, you're short circuiting me!" Ah, oh, gosh! And Black Widow's just like, like a weird spy lady. Uh, what an awful comic! I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love old Iron Man. Really, it's really interesting that Vanko and Black Widow are in this issue, uh, mm -hmm. basically being the template for Iron Man Two. Absolutely, yeah. Like people are like, why are why is Black Widow and Iron Man? I'm like, bro, it's like it's technically from the comics. Um, she's just very, very, very much like this. Like I'm a spy lady, and like she disappears, and like who knows where she'll show up again. Uh, Crimson Dynamo's in there, um, and in Iron Man Two, he kind of becomes like Whiplash Crimson Dynamo. Um, it's it's you know it's a comic from like the '60s, so like it's what it's, it's what you get. It's silly. It's aged. Mm -hmm. It's aged. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. I love I loved it. I loved how silly it was. I like the the he's got a he's got a he looks like hmm I need I need to 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 run some electricity through my through my suit. It's a good thing I keep this extension cord plugs into light bulb. Hell yeah, baby, that's amazing. Things, <laughs> that, think about, <laughs> things that don't seem stupid when you're about, writing it in the 60s. Think about Tony Stark in Endgame. And it's like think about Iron Man plugging up to a to a, it, a we're, we're talking switch. about we're talking about a time period where like you know people like didn't just read these things they like read these things and so like they'd go and they'd have conversations about how these things can work and how they can happen mm -hmm. and like what's so cool about it and like it was cool that the comic told you how that did. how he did it with the extension cord. And it's like, man, so smart. Look yeah. at him. Look at him. Oh, <laughs> that's Stanley. That's a genius right that's there. Stanley, let me tell there, you. There's yeah. so much like there's so much like narration text. And with a quick switch of his ray gun that uses this power so that it can do this. I love I love it. <laughs> so much words. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Anyway, I yeah, I, I figured it would be about fine. I remember liking it more than a yeah, I, did. I this bones me out because I know you guys are unfamiliar with with a lot of her comics, and this may, really makes me might pick a Black Widow comic from recent memory that's actually hella dope. Like Mark Wade and Chris Samney have a great run. Um, Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto have a great run. Kelly Thompson has a current run that's really good. Like Black Widow's really cool. When when yeah, yeah she's there. Uh, the, Natasha's dead, but see her in a movie soon. Hell yeah, coming out in twenty twenty. Yeah, the thing is, the thing is, I would have, like Spark said, like we always talk about, I would have liked Marvel to have kept doing tie-ins like this. Uh, you know, eventually one of them would hit, but um, kind of expanding on on characters and stories and ways that we don't see them connect to the movies. Yeah. Just help us understand who these characters are the next time we see them in a movie. 
And I guess now we're lucky enough to enough times pass where we're just getting it in television form. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds. Word. Shall we, shall we end the show? Sure. Three hours, baby. Let's do it. Sparks, your book club next week. Do you know what it is? I do. Uh, a while back. Oh, we're doing it. We were reading Stargirl. If y'all remember. Oh, I oh, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. And in there, there was an ad for a comic called Giant Killer. And Ryan and I grabbed onto that pretty hard. So we are reading the comic Giant Killer, written and uh, with art done by Dan Barrington. Woo! Uh, Giant Killer also comes with a one-shot handbook that is a field guide to it. It's called Giant Killer A to Z, a field guide to big monsters. Uh, You don't have to read that. Uh, You just need to read the six-issue series giant i assume that's one of those like kind of like the exosorts handbooks that kind of is just like a guide like here's explaining Uh yeah blah blah blah. yeah um okay next week we're going to be talking about arch enemy finally manganello film i've been watching so much joe manganello dnd content recently that dude's real cool um okay so stay tuned for all of that of course if you're watching the live stream or the rewind uh or anywhere um we have a youtube page you're watching it you know it please like this video and subscribe to this channel and check out the other programs on this channel we have a lot of great stuff such as fake nerds watch which is currently going through wandavision episode five the link below check that out episode six coming um we also have basement arcade which are a let's play series and basement arcade pause menu which has a review of spider-man playstation 4 and a new episode coming soon um, and of course, we also have the Fake Nerd Book Club, which Parks alluded to up top, uh, where we're currently doing little Char and the Gang. And Mag says, "Well, Mag says good night." If I can pull Bye. out, there, good night, Mag. Good night, bud. Thanks again for watching me play Fortnite earlier. Yeah, he's always watching these live streams. Awesome. Yeah, he's he's our MVP, dude. Yeah. All right, you can check out Little Char and the Gang coming soon. Um, of course, hey guys, pandemics, you know. Lost my job because of you shits. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> pandemic is still going, so make sure to check out these. Uh, our our Craft by Z masked. Uh, they have our logo on them. Promote our show. Support my girlfriend. Love it. Links in the description. Of course, we also have our Patreon, uh, where we are currently doing. We we have three tiers on Patreon. You check out our five dollar tier. Our ten dollar tier has the shirts, the uh, the exclusive Patreon shirts that will get better. I'm not going to just be a not just be a thing plastered on a shirt. We're going to get a nice thing plastered on a shirt. Anyway, cool. um, you can check out all three of those tiers in the link in the description below. Uh, Spread to the Patreon, guys. I want to put some more content up there. So, our Tee Public, which has a bunch of our merchandise um, mugs, masks, even shirts. Uh, we have the Basement Arcade and the Fake Nerds Watch up there now. Uh, of course, just put up I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. Lots of cool shirts up there. Uh, greatly appreciate the support. You can find all these links in the description below, or you can find us on www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Uh, you can find everything there. Link below. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches. Thanks to Mag, who watches every Sunday. Uh, every Valentine's Day, Mag. Oh. Uh, an hour ago, I think. <laughs> uh, but thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate all your support. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for our themes uh, and some other cool stuff that you do for us, including your podcast, Suburban Proctologist Official. It's on Facebook. It's called Suburban Proctologist. I read the wrong line. Um, 
or you can find that on Instagram at Subrock Podcast. You can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Uh, really talented guy. Really funny guy. And of okay. course, you can find Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Matola. He did our logo and some cool designs that you'll see soon. And of course, our trivia challenges, which we will get more up soon. Really excited for this one if we can make it work. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me apparently embracing Fortnite and all of its glory now at BenMagda27 on Instagram and Twitter. And I still do love and play retro video games. You can t- see me write about retro games on OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. As we talked about at the very beginning of the episode, my newest article is up right now with a new one coming soon. Um, Sparks. You can find me just enjoying being a proud uncle at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Ryan. DJ Tony Snark everywhere. She says the ASMR shit. <laughs> All right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it, guys. I am Pandora. Until next time you see us, until next week, stay fake.